a triple cheese hot pocket in the in the microwave, and had got caught up on watching the halftime show because he liked the weekend, and left it in there for nine minutes. And when he opened the door, it exploded in his face, and he died from a heart attack and five fifth degree cheeseburger. The casket will be open, but not at the top, only the bottom part. To show that he walked a good walk. That concludes our attention announcements. I'll see you later, Janie. <laughs> right. Peace, peace, and black power, everybody. Appreciate you for checking in. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and all the people that have visited the website this week. We got a little bit of extra traffic, so I appreciate everybody who's tuning in to QuillyCush.com. So today's book of the day is Creating Christ, How Roman Emperors Invented Christianity by James Valiant. This explosive work of history unearths clues that finally demonstrate the truth about one of the world's great religions that is born out of conflict between the Romans and the Messianic Jews who fought a bitter war with each other during the first century. The Romans employed a tactic they routinely used to conquer and absorb other nations. They grafted their imperial rule onto their religion of the conquered. After 30 years of research, authors James S. Valiant and C.W. Fahey present irrefutable archaeological and textual evidence that proves Christianity was created by Roman Caesars. In this book that breaks the new ground in Christian scholarship and is destined to change the way the world looks at ancient religions forever. Inherited from a long past era of tyranny, war, and deliberate religious fraud, could Christianity have been created for an entirely different purpose than what we have been led to believe? Praised by scholars like the Dead Sea Scrolls translator Robert Eisenman, which is the James of the brother of Jesus, this exhaustive synthesis of historical detective work integrates all of the ancient sources about the earliest Christians and reveals new archaeological evidence for the first time. And despite the fable presented in the current bestsellers like Bill O'Reilly's Killing Jesus, the evidence presented in this book is irrefutable. Christianity was invented by Roman emperors. So as we discussed last week, we were talking about Flavius, Josephus, and the Flavians. I want to encourage everybody to check out this audio book. The link is in the description. And if you choose to sign up with Audible, you will get two free audio books every single month. And as always, you can support any black-owned business through QualityCush.com, where every product we sell is from a black-owned business. So I encourage you after the stream to go check that out. And let's get on started with today's sermon on Atheist Church Live. Says, for many shall come in my name. Uh-oh, go ahead. Saying, I am Christ. Now here's what preachers do today. You know the Bible said, the folk gonna come along claiming to be Christ. Mm-hmm. Look at somebody next to you and say, that is not what that says. If you look at that verse carefully, it says, For many shall come in my name. Right? Saying, I am Christ. Saying, I am Christ. Y'all still, some of you still didn't catch it. It does not say, Many will come in my name 
claiming to be Christ. That's not what it says. What it says is many will come in my name or as my representatives saying that I am Christ. You got it that time, huh? And do what? And shall deceive, and shall deceive many. I've already messed some folk up right there. Because according to Matthew 24, verse 5, it clearly says people are going to come along teaching that Jesus is Christ and deceive a lot of people. How many of y'all see that there? I repeat, it does not say many will come along claiming to be Christ and deceive people. Besides, let's do some, come on y'all, let's just think for a moment. Why would he have to be concerned about three, 12 guys who've been following him every day for three years being deceived by somebody claiming to be him? So the last thing he was concerned about is somebody claiming to be him. What he's actually saying is people are going to come along teaching that he is Christ and deceive a lot of people. Now let me ask you all a question. The person that you're talking to, here's the question you want to ask them. Are people teaching that Jesus is Christ? Yes. yes. All right, right off the bat, we got a, we got a problem. Right off the bat. The Bible says... That there will be no rapture. And Jesus is not coming back. Now let me show you what I mean here. Y'all follow this. If you just say that to a person. They're going to shut you down. Because they're going to say you done lost your mind. But if you say to them. The Bible says. There will be no rapture. And Jesus is not coming back. If you say that to them, you know what they're going to say? Right, exactly. That's the first thing. They're going to show me where it says that. So are y'all ready to do some Bible work here? You ready to make some notes? Everybody say, Yeshua. Amashiach. I just gave you a Hebrew phrase. Yeshua Amashiach. Yeshua is the Hebrew version of the Greek word Jesus. And Mashiach is the Hebrew version of the Greek word Christos. The Greek word Christos is where we get the English word Christ from. But notice I just said Yeshua Akmashiach. Yeshua Akmashiach simply means Jesus, the Messiah. Y'all grabbing this? Now, it's so important to understand, brothers and sisters, that the article the is there. Yeshua Mashiach became Jesus Christos. What did I just say? Jesus Christos. Why Jesus? Because there was no J. Everybody say there was no J on this planet until the late 16th century. 
So if there was no J on this planet, then there could not have been a word Jesus. Are y'all following what I'm saying? So the proper pronunciation was Jesus Christos. Instead of Jesus the Christ, the translation became Jesus Christ, as though Christ was a last name. Now, as you've heard me say, the greatest expectation for the Christian, for the believer, is that Jesus Christos is going to return in the clouds one day and take us out of this mess we're in. And as a result of you thinking that somebody's going to come take you out of this mess, you're not trying to improve the mess. Because you're waiting for a deliverer. You're waiting for a savior. This is some deep stuff because you got folk who honestly believe that because I've been redeemed and I've been washed in the what? Y'all got it? Y'all got it? Because I've been redeemed and I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb that one day a trumpet is going to sound and we're going to be caught up. Well, let me ask three questions. Everybody repeat these three questions after me. And brothers and sisters, as we ask these questions, we mean no harm. I want you to think. That's all I want you to do. Here's the first question. Everybody repeat after me. Is it possible? And notice, I'm, I'm simply asking a question. Is it possible that Jesus expected his messianic kingdom to be established on earth within his generation? Some of y'all saying no. Is it possible? That's all. Is it possible that he honestly expected his messianic kingdom? Now, of course, we know he didn't really expect anything. And why do we know that? Because he didn't exist, right? But again, we're, re we're, we're trying to reach those who are there on that level who think he did, right? So let's talk to them on their level. That's the only way you can reach a person, brothers. Listen, y'all, that's the mistake many of us are making. We are talking to people on a level that they are not on. Is it possible? That's all I'm asking. Is it possible that Jesus honestly believed that his messianic kingdom was going to happen within his generation of the people he was talking to at that day? Second question, ask them, repeat after me, is it possible? That Jesus thought that the end of the world was imminent because of a fulfillment of prophecy. Did y'all get that question? And I'm going to break all this down to you. But see, I want you to set the stage here. Did, is it possible the man honestly thought the end was imminent? Not coming 2,000 years later. But the word imminent means it's here. Third question I want you to ask when you're trying to reach people is, is it possible, repeat that, is it possible? that what Christians teach, what 
is yet to come has already happened. Now that, that third question right there is a mind, that just messes you up right there. Because if what we're teaching is yet to come has already happened, then what are we doing? What are you looking for? What are you waiting for? If it has already happened, what are you waiting for? Jesus sincerely held the view and the belief. And he not only held the view and belief, but he literally taught it. He taught that he was the long looked for Messiah that was to come and he was going to usher in the kingdom of God, everybody say, within his own generation. Now see this is when people say to you, show me that, show that to me in the Bible. Show that to me in the Bible. I hear what you're saying, but unless I see it in the Bible, I ain't gonna believe it. Let's look at Luke, the 21st chapter, verse 31 and 32. Luke 21, verse 31 and 32. Now we're going to be turning to a lot of scriptures here, so let's do this quickly, okay? What does it say? So likewise, you, when you show, when you see things come to pass, Yes. Know you that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Listen to what he's saying. Likewise, when y'all see this stuff coming to pass, now the thing is, I've been telling you, how do you read the text when you say these things? What things? Okay, well, the things that she's referring to are in previous verses. We'll cover that in a moment. When you see these things come to pass, it goes on to say, know you, I want you to know. This is what he's saying. I want you not think, not believe, not assume. I want you to know that the kingdom of God is what? Nigh at hand. Nigh. What is another word for nigh, y'all? Thank you. The kingdom of God is near. It's at hand. So right off the bat is telling you that nigh or at hand means now. It ain't 2,000 years. It ain't 2010. It's not in 2012. It's now. Not in 2000 something. Now. Nigh at hand. Go ahead, read. Verily I say unto you. Another word for verily is truly. In other words, I'm telling y'all this. Rest assured that what I'm saying to you, go ahead. This generation shall not pass away. What generation? This generation. Okay, now let me show you where we mess up here. And I want you to be able to show this to people you're trying to reach. We make the mistake of interpreting what's said from the perspective of the reader. And not from the speaker. So when it says this generation, it's not talking about this generation of those of, of us reading it. It's talking about this generation of the speaker. The speaker is saying this generation. For example, if I was to say to y'all, this generation's crazy. 
Why would you think I'm talking about a generation that's going to read or watch this DVD 50 years from now? You follow what I'm saying? If, if you watch this DVD 100 years from today and I say this generation's crazy, I'm not talking about that generation that's watching the DVD at that time. In like manner, it's not talking about the generation that's reading this at this time. It's talking about the generation to whom he was speaking at that time. This generation shall what? Not pass away. Uh-oh. Everybody say, the people living at that time. Come on, talk to me. The people living at that time. Would not die. Until what he said. Happened. Are y'all clear? Now, notice what he says in verse 33. What does he say? Heaven and earth shall pass away. In other words, this is what he's saying, y'all. Heaven and earth will pass away before what I said doesn't happen. Got that? Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words, which I have spoken unto you, will not pass away. Now, he clearly says to his audience in no uncertain terms, then this is no casual remark. Incidentally, this same reported saying of solemn assurance is repeated identically. Turn to Matthew now, please. Matthew, the 24th chapter, verse 34 and 35. Let me get my Bible up here too because I want to cover some more stuff in Matthew 24. Matthew, the 24th chapter, verse 34 and 35. Would you read it, please? Verily I say unto you. Notice he says it again. Verily. Now, you guys making notes of these verses? Yes. Okay, because see, you got to be able to share this with people. Verily, I say unto you what? This generation shall not pass. This generation shall not pass until... Go ahead. Till all these things be fulfilled. Till all these things be fulfilled. What does it say next? Heaven and earth shall pass away. It says it again, y'all. The sky will cease to exist. The earth will cease to exist. Before what I said to you does not come to pass. In other words, he's saying, y'all, you can take this to the bank. It's going to be a bounce check, though. I'm telling you now. If you try to take this to the bank, it's going to bounce. Now, since you're in Matthew 24, let's do some looking at what it says here. Okay. Turn to the, um, let's see here. Look at, look at, look at, uh, let's go to verse 3. What does it say? Yes. Verse 3. Now, y'all follow this well. What does it say? And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives. As he sat upon the Mount of Olives. Now, of course, who's he here? Jesus. Talk to me, y'all. Who's he? Jesus. Jesus, right? Sitting on the Mount of Olives. As he sat upon the Mount of Olives, what happened? The disciples came unto him. The disciples came to him. Now, see, again, what is your, what is your platform of, 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 of a base of operation here? You are talking to people who believe every word of what you're reading right now. You got what I'm saying? You are using their book. In fact, when you share with them, when you try to reach them, use their Bible. Don't use your Bible. Because see, when you start showing them, they're going to say, I want to see that in my Bible. Because something wrong with your Bible. 
So use their Bible, okay? Notice the third verse again. What does it say? The disciples came unto him privately. The disciples came unto him privately. Saying, tell us. Saying, tell us. Listen carefully, y'all. Tell us what? When shall these things be? When shall these things be? And what else? And what shall be the sign of thy coming? What shall be the sign of what? Thy coming. What shall be the sign of thy coming? And of the end of the world. And of the end of the world. So they was talking 2012 stuff back then. You got what I'm saying? Folk have always been preoccupied with this end of the world mess. Every generation got another date that is going to happen. Now, it says plainly, tell us, what's going to be the sign of your coming and the end of the world? What is it going to say? And Jesus answered and said unto them. Okay, y'all get ready because here's where it starts getting painful. It starts getting very painful. To those of you who are watching me right now, to those who are watching on the internet, I repeat to you, I am not trying to be insensitive. I am not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to cause you pain. I'm simply showing you what the Bible says. You've just never been taught to see it this way. And Jesus answered and said unto them what? Take heed. That no man deceive you. Listen, people, I'm getting ready to ask y'all a question. Who was he talking to? His disciples. Who? His disciples. His disciples. He wasn't talking to you sitting in this room. He was talking to his disciples. It clearly says, and his disciples came and asked him questions. And he said unto them, not to you. Brother Witherspoon, he didn't say this to you. Deacon McDonald, he didn't say it to you either. <laughs> oh, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Long, no, he didn't say it to him. <laughs> T.D. Jakes knows it too. Creflo Dollar knows it too. They already know what I'm saying. That's some deep stuff, man. And yet they stand up and Okay, let's, 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 go ahead. He said unto them what? For many shall... No, no, you missed, you missed the part. Take heed. Take heed that no man deceive you. Take heed that no man deceive you. Who is you in this verse? Thank you, say it again. The disciples. He wasn't saying, Brady, take heed, don't nobody deceive you. He wasn't talking to us. Talking to the disciples. He's saying to the disciples. And see, a lot of preachers today try to use this verse to say, you got to be kept. Bible said, don't let nobody deceive you. Bible wasn't saying that to you. He's talking to the disciples. He says to the disciples, now listen, y'all. James, Peter, Thomas. I want you guys to understand. Andrew, I want y'all to understand. I don't want you guys to be deceived. Are y'all grabbing this? Yes, now, what was he concerned about in this literature? What was he concerned about? Deceived about what, minister? It says, for many shall come in my name.
Heavenly Father, we interrupt this sermon to bring you a caller from the chat, Waylon Goodwin. Are you still on the line, brother? Yes, I'm still here. Okay, what do you believe and why, sir? Oh, I just I saw the headline about talking about Jesus is not a God, and that's what caught my attention, which brought me to believe that I agree with it, <laughs> that Jesus is not a God. Jesus is something from God, like another one of his great creations from omnipotent, you know. So that's all I think. So that's what caught my attention at first. And like oh. Jesus himself said, what I can do, all men can do. So and then someone commented about Jesus, God impregnating Mary. They're like, that makes no sense. Like he made it seem, seem as if God himself itself came down and like put his penis into Mary's vagina and impregnated her that way. Like that, like that's like so simplistic to think like that in that way. Well, I mean, I think all of it is simplistic, but I will ask you first, how do you know Jesus said that? What you said, he said. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. And it's been quoted many times. I like, I don't know, like right off the hand of the exact scripture and verse, but I'm sure it could be a quick Google search to figure that out. So if, um, if, if, it's anything in the Bible that it says Jesus said that's that's true. You could take that for hundred percent that Jesus actually said that. I'm, from my readings and, and from the, and understandings of what I have grown up to know and what I've studied and, and researched and looked through, I, I believe that I, I go off faith and I believe that's that's uh, words that were uttered out of his mouth, or else it wouldn't lasted so long throughout time. Some of the things. So, so if you're working off of faith, then why aren't you a Muslim? You can, I mean, you can read the Quran and take that off of faith, but you don't do that. Why not? No, I'm a Moorish American. I'm a Moorish. I read the Quran. That's what I do read, <laughs> and I, I I study a lot, and I like, and that's just one of the Bibles. Uh, the Bible is one of the books I, you know, refer to and read to, and Qurans and all. I like to study and research everything, so I can learn and read for myself. So if you if you um if you think that the Bible is true. Didn't Jesus teach in the Bible that he was God? No, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't recall anything of Jesus saying anything like that. If, if there was sure, something some, that... Somebody was, in the live chat helped me out because I can't remember the exact verse. But I, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he did say that. Or they say he said it in the Bible. I know he said, oh, I, I don't remember anything of that way is him, <laughs> into that text of, is him saying he's the way, the truth, and the light. More of like he's introducing himself pretty much as like a harbinger almost, maybe. Harbinger, however you want to pronounce it. I never heard him actually state that he was God. He said, I don't know him saying he was sent from a God. As like yeah, a, as another message. Hmm. For, for a quick second, though. Because you said you, mm -hmm. I asked you how you know that, that Jesus actually said that. You said you go by faith. So is, is faith the way to know that something is actually true? Because I could take anything off of faith. Theoretically, right? It, it, yeah, if that's a, yeah to each his own. <laughs> so that don't mean that. It's like, really I, like, I, like I've, I've said it, and I've read it, and I've read it throughout my Moorish teachings and my in my books and my one uh, and some of the readings and things like. And I've I've seen it with my eyes. That's the only reason why. I, I mean, I got it, I like, got a book. I got a book. It's called um, it's called Creating Christ. The link is in the, in the video description too. So on this show, we um we introduce a different book every day. 
because um, I'm an atheist. So I try to I try to uh, show people that it's more to learn from just reading the same book over and over, reading the Bible and right. around over and over. You can read different books. So I just like to introduce different books every week. And today's uh, book is Creating Christ. So in that book, it it um it disagrees with you. So you know what I'm saying? I could take this book on faith that that Christ was was a fictional character created by Roman emperors. Just like you take it on faith that that he was a a, a creation of God, or I, I forget how exactly you put it, but we both working on faith. How do I determine at that point which one of us is right? You have to do your own research. You have to be a scientist, and what was you got to do your own research and look up what you need to look up, and you got to do the digging for yourself. Like you say, anybody can tell you anything. A block of wood can point. You just got to do your own. And like I said, to each his well, own. Yeah, what, what, what research? <laughs> How did you how did you become convinced that Jesus actually said the things that are attributed to him in the, in the Bible? Well, I, I've read it throughout my Morris books and my uh, my my stuff that I looked through. Like I've, I've read through the Bible as a kid growing up. I'm 40 years old and I've been reading and looking through religious books, all kinds. Of, I've read almost I've read a lot of books. So many I forget to, like the exact. I don't like write it down and take notations of every single thing I read. I was, I, my hands are probably yeah, gone by now. I just I just don't spew something out of my mouth if I don't know. But like, forget a lot. But the question though, I mm -hmm. just want to see like um, uh, what like what what led you to because because I read a lot of books too, and I, I I came to the opposite conclusion. So I'm trying to figure out what information that I missed that that or or that maybe you missed that led us in these so drastically different directions. If we both doing uh, research to get information. How did you conclude that Jesus was a real person that was created by God? And I concluded that Jesus was a fictional character created by some ancient goat herders. But I just, like I said, I referred to, I referred to my, my Morris literature and, and what I've just, what I've learned throughout the years of, of growing and, and reading. So I don't, I, I can't, um, I can't speak on that too much because I don't really know much about it. All I, um, know pretty much and i might be wrong but correct me if, if i am the moors believe that um basically the uh, africans are the indigenous americans is that is that a belief yeah, yeah that's, that's part of it yeah it's, it's all about peace love truth, peace freedom and justice and, and spreading love and studying each and every prophet from the from buddha to confucius to jesus to Muhammad and and all of the above. We believe in everybody learning their own vine and fig tree. So how does that? How does that? How does that uh, reconcile? Like, how do y'all coincide that with like the slave trade, the Atlanta slave trade? How does it coincide with it? Yeah, if the if the Africans are indigenous to America, then where, like where did the slaves come from? They, they, you saying that they were they were already Africans here, and they were more Africans brought here through slavery. They're, they're, right, they're, they're through, yep. Well, most Americans are, are descendants of Morocco that are born in America. That's where the American part comes from. Okay, well, so where does the uh, more issues like, of, where of the, the religion? More? Where does the religion tie into it? Because I'm not. Um, it's the, it's I don't from, it's the Islam. It's pretty much a study under Islam. We study Islamism, so just like the study of Islam, things of that nature. So the Moors the, pretty much are are collectively um, Muslim. 
Muslim. We say Muslim, no. We don't say Muslim. Okay, okay. We, we so say Muslim. M-O-S-L-E-M. Now I got to ask, uh, like, what you know about the the fact that slavery was introduced by the Arabs and so, so was Islam. Like, they kind of go hand in hand. Like, you can't... Um, can't find a, a point in history of right, the Africans right. that they, they were introduced to a religion where they weren't also in bondage. And I think the the, the Muslim religion came from the, the Arabs, just like the Christian religion came from the enslavement from the Europeans. Or, or I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm asking, really. I'm trying to figure out the question myself. I'm saying, so um, you, you just say, do you, you believe that it was just, it's just well, created I'm, by? I'm a asking man? basically. I'm asking basically, how do you, how do you feel comfortable being a Muslim, being a Muslim, knowing that it started with slavery of your ancestors, and that's that's the reason why you're a Muslim, you're a Muslim because your great 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 ancestor was enslaved by Muslims. The reason why I'm comfortable with this is because, like I said, it, it's, it, it teaches much more than just the negativity of history of things like that. I look at the positives of things, the glass half full. I don't look at the negative things because I know the negatives there, but I don't give it homage and, and worship it like that and keep bringing it up. I look to the positive things of, of, the, of the temple and what they bring. It, it, like I said, it showed me to open my mind to everything. I was stuck on that Jesus, God, this and that until I started realizing why would God just start? and just make something, one thing, and stick with that. When there's other ways he can reach everybody when we're all in the end worshiping the same God. It don't make no sense for people to be fussing and fighting and arguing and debating and talking about it right now like we're doing. When we all should just be talking about love and unity. <laughs> like, there's, there's, there's too much to, out there to just stick to, to names and religions and beliefs. There's more to that. There's more to living and going through planes and stages of life than always talking about stuff like that. That's what I got up out of it, and that's why I'm comfortable with it, because it taught me to love instead of hate. Because I was like on a one-way one road for just plain flat-out destruction. Jesus, Christianity, and all that wasn't getting me there, you know? So I figured to each his own like they taught me. Worship under your own vine and fig tree. Jesus was sent to save Israel, Israel and all the other people, you know? <laughs> so I just, so, I so take you, it for so the love. You, you, you would, so basically, what I'm hearing from you is that you choose to pick the, the verses that you want to believe in and you don't you don't uh believe in the ones that you disagree with basically so are you no no good? no no it's, it's totally the opposite of what you're saying and well maybe i'm saying it the wrong way or i don't i don't know how to say it but like i said i, I believe in there's truth in everything just like i believe there's 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 uh, there's a godness to everything that don't mean that jesus or someone is a is the one the omnipotent the, you know the the one but there's a little bit of a trickle down from every, in, in, in us of God of effort in everyone. That's what I believe. Like in trees, plants, anything that moves has form or shape that will change. That has to do with God. Anything you can see with fleshly eyes is of God. Anything you can't see, anything you think in your mind, I think that's of the one. And then, uh, it, like I said, it shall all be under love. I mean, I hear you, but to, to me, what you're saying is not what's... Uh that's not what the religion teaches. That's not what I get from it when I read from it. I don't hear that, that love. But we're going we're gonna to put a, a pen in it right there because we got another call I want to bring into the conversation. Area code 601. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, thank you for uh, having me. I'm, I'm from Mississippi. My name is Cheryl. Okay, Cheryl, what do you believe and why, ma'am? 
Well, I, I really think it's time out for our people, men and black Americans, to, um, I think it's time out for us being involved so heavily in religion. I really think it's time out for that. We are under fire. Mm-hmm. Um, under the fire of white supremacy. And it's urgent for us now. I'm talking about down to whether or not we'll have access to our very, you know, common everyday needs to survive. And we actually spend hours on top of hours, you know, meditating and emphasizing, you know, things that really and truly haven't shown us very much result. as much as we have participated in those things all the way up to now, I'm not going to be divided from somebody that is uh, of my race because they are of a different religion than than I am. I don't think that, I just, I don't think we have the luxury. I think that's a luxury, you know, being divided from your own people. And here it is. We're about to be without water. We have no resources in this nation. We're talking about for our very survival. You know, every, we we put a lot of emphasis on individual. Oh, man, I, I got my XYZ, whether it be gun or I'm turn my truck off. I'm a truck driver. Um, you know, no matter, no matter what it is, it's all frivolous under our oppressor's regime. We got cops killing. You know, black people, all black people are really able to do half effectively is March. We don't have any game plans. You know, the, the, the people who I was supporting was reparations, right? And I know this ain't got nothing to do with the Bible, but I'm just saying, I really think it's time for us to put this aside. This is a luxury. I, I, um, I, would, I would disagree. I think it, I think it do got something to do with, with the Bible, you know what I'm saying? Because the Bible or... I would say religion, not just the Bible, but religion is one of the things that separates us because like we got a brother on the line who's a Moorish American and then we got mm-hmm. people out there that call themselves Christians, Baptists, uh, Hindus, mm-hmm. Buddhists, whatever they want to uh, believe in, whatever belief system they want to, you know, claim. And that's, that's just a further thing to separate us. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, it's a tool. Oh, you, it's you a tool pay 30 cents for lunch and I pay a dollar forty-five. Right. It's a tool of white supremacy. It's a divide and, and conquer strategy. Yep. And, and for some reason, we are under hypnosis when it comes to that. And we are, we, what I'm telling you now, we have already drowned and we're sitting at the bottom of the ocean. As a race of people. We, we, we're, we're messed up, man. And, and I don't know. I can tell you what I used to ascribe to. I started out. I, I'm hearing a, an echo. All of a sudden, I started hearing. Well, I, I'm not hearing it. Yes, I am still hearing it. But anyway, um, I started out as a Christian. I lived over 30-something years as a Christian. I had a very sincere draw. Um, to doing what's right, okay? Um, I became a Hebrew Israelite. Uh, changed my diet. Changed uh, the way that I view what the Bible says. 
And and I it didn't take me forever. Nobody drugged me kicking and screaming because what's in there is in there. I didn't write it. And if it's wrong, it's in there. You see what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I can honestly say the Creator gives us each other. Okay? And there are, there are things that we as brothers and sisters are doing around one another. And there are things that our leadership in our, in our different organizations are permitting to happen that are toxic. And you have entire groups, entire congregation of black people that'll see something that's not appropriate and they won't put a stop to it. So basically, you're telling me that you don't believe in the righteousness of the book that we're studying from. You see what I'm saying? So, long story short, when I pulled, a, I pulled away from the Hebrew Israelite way of life because of the people. You're not, you're not about that life. You're trying to make me be about that life, but you're not about that life. So, uh, I started doing some studies in African comedic, um, historic uh, culture, and basically, that's what I'm about. The things that Dr. Ray Hagen talks about. Those are the things I I closer ascribe to. That's, that's where I am now. It makes a lot more sense. Uh, especially being a, being a black person, sense. it just makes more sense. If you're gonna if you're gonna choose a belief system, choose one that came from your culture. Everybody else have a religion mm-hmm. that's from their culture. Like even though what I was saying about the the Muslim thing, that's that's an Arab culture thing. It and, really and is, and, and then I'm gonna say that's, this too. And that's, and that's just what my point, my main point to, I want everybody to, to get out of the, my conversation and my words that I'm saying is that there don't have to be a religion. It don't have to be an Arab. There's when, when, right. when God created a, the created man and everything he created, he didn't put, he didn't put hue man on it. There was no color. Hue is the color is cut means color. H U E is hue. And then man in the Bible is man. It ain't hue man. Man me, put that uh, hue on there and gave question, you people colors and religions and everything else. We're all supposed to be united as one under love. And all this religion and everything else does is just brings up debates and, and separates people. Yes, it does. Which you, is uh, why I think as an individual. Well, go ahead, man. I think I think we have to operate as individuals at some point. You know, we gain a certain amount of knowledge. We gain a little bit here. We got a little right. bit there, right? And at some point, we have to just put put that stuff into action and do not allow ourselves to be divided. Now, this is one thing I wanted to bring up. There's not a whole lot of people that dump that Bible, you know, that know the nation of people that, quote, unquote, God gave the assignment to print mm-hmm. that Bible. They don't know the nation. Mm-hmm. Where is God's printing press? Where is God's... Where, where, who are the people that God sanctioned to, you know, to use that print uh-huh. press to make the Bible? I apologize for stuttering because the echo uh-huh. is killing me. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out because I, I can't hear it. But um, I'm, I'm It happened to all of a sudden. 
But anyway, yeah, you know, know that's, it's that's on, one thing. It's, it's I don't not, know if that online. nation of people, I don't know if that nation of people always hated my my people or people that look like me. How do I know? I just cannot put that much stock in a book that man made. They put it on God. I ain't talked to God. God ain't told me that that's his book. But I'm okay with what's in that book because I do understand. And I'm, I, I will answer to what you were asking the brother. Do I pick and choose what to follow? Yes. Hell yeah. That's exactly what I do. Mm-hmm. At this point in my life, yeah. Mm-hmm. I pick and choose what I'm going to and not going to do. Okay, I want to get. Um, I want to get. I want to um, ask. I, well, I guess I'll ask both of y'all. But first, I want to get um, the, the brother Wayman's uh, response. Okay. Because in my personal opinion, I think part of the problem to what um, Cheryl was alluding to is created by the simple fact that we, as a people or as a species, believe in things that are not true. We're superstitious. And we have these these beliefs that are just are not accurate representations of the universe that we find ourselves in. So I, I want to ask you, brother, because you stated earlier that God didn't create um, different people. He just created, you know, people. But my question is, how how did you become convinced that humans or any life form for that matter were actually created by an intelligent being? Or how did you rule out the possibility that we are the result? of billions of years of evolution. I don't believe in evolution. Like I said, I believe I know, in I'm asking you, how did you rule it out? How did you determine I, I that the evolution is not true? Because I'm I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you how because when I was in high school I was I went through my atheist phase. I was I was cursing God, something bad happened in my life. I was down on my luck and I was cursing God, man. And one of the, one of my girlfriends I was writing in the I, I hate to uh, I hate to interrupt, but I got to do it because we got listeners. But that's not an atheist. If you was cursing God, that means you was you was just mad at God because atheists don't believe. Okay, like all right, well, all right. Thanks for correcting me on that. Okay, well at the time that's how I thought. It was it was still you know I was young. And so, you know, and then I was like, man, there ain't no God. I was saying, there ain't no such thing as God. I was telling people that, blah, blah, blah. And then one day, a girlfriend of mine, we was in the car. She said, let me see your hand. Open your hand right now. I opened my hand. She said, what's in your hand? I was like, nothing. There ain't nothing in my hand. And she's like, exactly. She's like, now if I take something and put it in your hand, then there'll be something in your hand. She said, you just can't just, you just, can't just not exist. <laughs> There's something that had to have put us there and did that, and it wasn't no man. It's like what can first right. chicken or the egg. <laughs> if that's true, if that's true, then I will ask you how does that how does that God exist or this Creator intelligence exist? Did He have to also be created? Because you just said that if you exist, there had to be something there to create you. So the God exists, so therefore there had to be something mm-hmm. there to create you, right? Yeah, exactly. And and I like, and also, like I said, I've, I've been, I live, I lived, I lived a crazy, mi vida loco. <laughs> I lived a crazy life. That's why I know, I don't know how to explain it, but I just can tell you that I've been in life or death situations where I know I'm not supposed to be talking to you right now. And there ain't nothing but it has to be a God or some type of angelic force or something that has saved me from places and things I've been in. I've walked away from cars that have been smashed up like matchbox truck cars and toys and walked away without scratches on them. <laughs> 
Science can't do that. You, Evolution can't saying, do that. <laughs> so I, that's why I, I know saying, though, there's a God. And that's just one wait example. Wait a minute, sir. What you're saying is that <laughs> a few weeks ago when that big pileup happened in Texas and, and all those people died, is that God did that too. And those people deserve to die because he saved you, but he killed them. God, so you believe that? God didn't cause that, uh, No, I don't believe that. I believe that I believe that he protected them and, and took them and took them home and brought them back to where they began safely. I put them on a different form of, of life to where they needed to be at. Can ahead, I sure. chime in on that? I know when I read the Bible, the, the creator in the Bible says, I created all things, the good and the evil. Did you know that? That's in the Bible. He said, I do all things. He even turned around and said, I do all things. The good that and the true. evil. That's in there. But most Christians, needed to be done, right. But that's, that's yeah, most Christians what I was saying, always uh, say God is all about love, and then if it's evil, it's the devil. Okay, but mm -hmm. yeah, I the Most High says right. that He has He has dominion over all things, the good and the evil. Right. But so, now that's, uh, what's, I, in I that, that's what's in that book. That's in that book. I put it to you like this, uh, Waylon. Uh, you know, you know the rapper Twenty One Savage. Are you familiar with him? Mm -hmm. I I know who he is. I don't listen to that music though. <laughs> I look oh, yeah, 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 something like okay. something like that. <laughs> All right, he got he got he got shot six times, right? And he um he's still alive, you know. He ain't he ain't limping. He ain't in a wheelchair. Nothing. It's people out here that got shot once. You know, I, I got a, I got a friend that got shot once yeah. in the chest, and he's dead now. So yeah. it, so you saying that it's it's no it's no God no. or science that's behind the reason why it's Twenty One Savage is alive and my homie is dead. What happens is my homie got hit in the heart, which is a vital organ. The Twenty One Savage didn't. You know what I mean? It's 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 almost mm -hmm. like luck. It's happenstance. It's just like uh, survival of 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 the of the the most suited. Cause I I don't agree with the term survival of the fittest, cause that's kind of confusing. It's survival of the most suited, the, or the better suited. But um, that's, so that's, that's, but that's, what that's I was alluding to earlier. It's a simple explanation for them It's a simple explanation for for everything, bro. It's a simple explanation for right. Them. We make it complicated. Like said, this is what I was. I just didn't make that earlier. Oh, okay, because I can say because, it, 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 because, some people it's their time, and some just it ain't. Maybe he lived just nah, to pass that message on to people. <laughs> so, so, so hold on, bro. Let me uh, hold on, let me hold on, Quayle, Quayle, hold on, Quayle, hold on. I got a question uh -huh. for that specific part. How is it that some people think it's a certain person's time to go because of a specific incident, like what you're presenting, um, Quayle? Your homie got hit in the heart. We already know you get hit in the heart, the brain, the stomach, especially if, it, if the bullet stays in or you get hit multiple times, you're going to die. But Quayley homie got sent to the other side. I'll just say it like that. But 21 Savage got hit and he didn't die. On top of that, as far as scientific, as, as far as science goes, it depends on the caliber of bullet that each person was hit with. If Quayle Homie got hit with a full metal jacket, that, that's what a lot of people call bald heads. You get hit with a full metal jacket, it's going to make a small hole and make a big hole like your back. If you get hit with a hollow point, it's going to shatter. As soon as it hits you, it's going to shatter into micro to, to smaller pieces like a um, mm -hmm. like shrapnel and tear your inside. Mm -hmm. Let's say 21 Savage got hit 
with, let's say, a nine millimeter. They went through and came back out. Didn't hit nothing. That don't mean it wasn't his time to go. He just didn't get hit with the right stuff. Not saying that's not saying I want anybody to die or want him to die. He just didn't get hit with with a full. He didn't get hit in the correct spot to take him out of here. As far as him getting getting hit six times with a full metal, not a full metal jacket, but getting hit with a hollow point. Just imagine right. if twenty one seven got hit with a hollow point. His insides would be. Right. And, I, and, uh, and I, I, I imagine that the person that, that was that was behind the trigger wasn't that good of a marksman to be like, I'm gonna shoot him, but I ain't gonna exactly. kill him. Exactly. So it's like, um, exactly. it's like what I was alluding to 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 before when I asked the question the first time is this is one of the things that creates a problem in not just the black community but in in humanity. Period. Because what what you're doing, I know you don't realize this. But what it does when you have that type of thinking about, oh, it's just their time or God saved me is what you're doing is you're excusing all of this negativity and all this bad stuff instead of rectifying it. So when we have children that die of preventable diseases every day, you say, oh, it's just their time. It's just their time to go instead of saying, how can we fix this? See what I'm saying? Because my thing on top of that is I'm not meaning to cut nobody off. but I'm just going to say this real quick and, and be quiet. When, when you bring that up, Quayle, it's the children's time to go. If you're looking at it from a religious standpoint, why did God even have them be put into a shell or the flesh to be here for what we would consider or what a being like that would consider a microsecond just to be born and die or die before even being pushed through the womb? Why not just let that body be made so that you can do whatever, let's just say, God wants you to do? Like, what would be the point in wasting that? So you can tell you other learn. people about it. It happens all the time. And I'm you not saying I can own it happening, but it happens all the time. So you can learn. That's, that's the point. Not. Yeah, the learning. Is that what you said? The learning. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying yeah, you go through different stages and phases of life so you can learn on these different planes and you go to the next. You move on, you teach. If you make it and God, uh, whatever you want to say, you make it. You're supposed to take that experience and teach. If you don't make it, you move to the next level and learn, you've learned on this level. Now you move to a higher plane and you teach and you keep moving. And moving. But how can you move you, to a higher plane of existence when you didn't get a chance to start on this one? Because the, like, the, right, the, right, your, your, like, your mission has already right. been accomplished. <laughs> How? What you're saying is what you're saying is what you're saying is that some people's some people's entire existence is is only to teach other people a lesson. So when some when a woman has learn. she goes through nine months she goes through nine months of a pregnancy and that child dies before it's born and it's a stillborn child, stillbirth, and it comes out a, a, a deceased baby. Okay. So you're telling me that was that was God's way of teaching somebody a lesson. In some way, shape, or form, yes, I believe that, and that God can see something in the future for seeing that we can't see that. That could have been worse. Like, why would you, if, if it was up to me, I wouldn't even want to have to been on this earth, in this plane. I'd rather have stayed as, uh, up in, in the heavens than <laughs> to come down on this earth. So it, it's, it's more pretty much like a privilege. Maybe they would have grew up in a horrible home where they got molested, killed, or anything. Hold on, hold on. Hold on right quick. I'm going to speak on that right quick. Because I, I kind of understand what you mean by different levels of existence, existence and stuff like that. If you were sent here to teach somebody something, but you accomplished their mission by dying before they even got a chance to teach you anything outside of them learning how, let's just say, it was a female that, and, a, and a male, they didn't care about nothing. 
they can die today and be fine with it. They were just, or they were just some ruthless people. Let's just say it like that. You're getting born into this plane of existence to get these people to care about a life. You, I'm just saying, not you, but as a God, you couldn't right. have them reach out to somebody that's in their family or a friend and have the friend or whatever teach them how to care about people or see things that happen tragically to them not directly affecting them like they get into a car accident and lose their leg or they have diabetes and lose toes and stuff like that. They had to mm-hmm. go through nine months of learning how mm-hmm. to care for a smaller being that ends up dying. Do you, in a sense, from a human standpoint, do you not realize that messes with people's heads? I tried to have a baby, my baby died. I'm going to try it again. The baby died again. So you're going to keep using up this person's egg since people are here to procreate and like spread the genes or whatnot as far as let's just say being married. And their genes are dying every time they have a child. What lesson is that person learning? This is the part where God becomes mysterious. You keep sending souls to go into these shells to die to come back. What was the point in doing it? If you need your spirit, your soul to come down and do a job, that's defeating the purpose. I'm going to put this bullet in this gun to protect me, but the bullet is a dud. I keep shooting blank and nothing is happening. I'm going to get shot. I might not die, but I'm going to get shot. What was the point in putting blank in a gun to do a job that is not doing the job that it's intended to do? Whether it's to protect myself or feed my family like I'm hunting and grocery stores are shut down. If I'm shooting blank, what purpose does that serve? Um, I regret to do it to you, uh, Wayden, but we do got to rewind because you failed to answer one of, a question that I asked you a while back. Okay. You said that uh, it create, uh, that we exist because a creator, if we exist, then the creator must exist to create us. And then I asked you, well, that that must be true for the creator as well, because if the creator exists, then there had to be something to to create him based off of your logic. So, is does there a God for God? Does God have a creator? He says he doesn't. I don't believe that there is. I believe there's only one. There's only one. No, no. The one. So how did? That, so where did God start I mean, everything? But but, but this is what I'm saying. From? Just to answer your question, just to, I don't even have to talk about what I believe. I could tell you what I read in the Bible, and he says he does not have a creator. You yeah, ever heard of the term Alpha, Alpha, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning. Yes, ma'am, I have. But what I'm trying to, uh, what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to prove but, to so, y'all so, so, is that that's what that's, I'm saying. If you use this book, if you, but but I'm just saying, <laughs> if you use this book, this book explains it as if God the, the has book, no creator. But right, if you take, if you go aside from the Bible, we trying to get to the truth. I don't, cause like I don't want to, I don't want to see like uh, but I just wanna, what's the what's the what, I, I what just, people believe. Only reason I brought well, I that up, I'm not truth. saying I believe that. I'm not saying I, I believe know, that. I know. I'm I know, just specifying where I think we shorten our viewpoint, you know, of understanding. What when I'm we saying, just like, rely on this one source. Right. 
So it's like, look at it like this, okay? There's a book. Since if you wanna, if you wanna base it off of, okay, I know it's not not your belief, but if you playing devil's advocate, if somebody says, I believe that God doesn't have a creator because it says so in this book, okay? If that's the case, I believe that Spider-Man is a real person that spins webs and saves people in New York City because it says so in this book. We got the same amount of evidence, but we know that Spider-Man doesn't really exist. And I'm, I'm telling y'all that God doesn't really exist just because it said in this book. And the way I'm no, going to prove it to you is because, based, yeah, sure, based, but one, one second. Based off of the, your logic, when you say that we must exist because there has to be something to create us, if that's true, then there has to be something to create the creator as well. I don't believe that it that's was, true, but I'm saying based off of based off of what you said, God would have to have a creator, and that would lead to an infinite regress of creator creators created on top of creators, which makes no sense. That means it's infinite. Hmm. Well, you this can, is uh, why. You can go ahead this and, is why I started my comment the way that I did. We're wasting time. And we're here on this earth together. <laughs> and we could at least we could at least have some mustard greens in the ground or some sweet potatoes in the ground to have something to put in our stomach. We gonna keep on now. I'm gonna say that's why, that's why I, I just wanna say one thing too. I wanna say love, truth, peace, freedom and justice. I love everybody and you, yeah, God I'm bless too. everybody. You got all have a good blessed life. You know, I gotta get back to my family. <laughs> so I appreciate everybody's time and I, I I love the knowledge that I gain from everybody and it's a beautiful thing. All right. Keep listening, brother. Keep Thank you. Um, here, yes, man. sir. I appreciate you calling in. Yes, sir. Thank you guys. God bless. Uh just bless you. Uh, peace. I don't know what peace. that means. Peace. Thanks. Let's peace, peace. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, um, that's 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 what concerns me. We're gonna, I got a white man standing in my mouth like he gonna jump over in my throat <laughs> right now. These people done got bones, and we sitting up here worried about what the Bible's saying. Something, I mean, we're here. So what? I don't, I really don't care how I got here. Sure, I, I agree with you, sure. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. But the problem is we got so many people that still, like, like Brother Whalen, we got so many people that still into this religion that we can't just be existing on earth because it's like it's just going to be me and you, sure, because everybody else got their head in the clouds waiting on Jesus it's, to come it's back. It's indoctrination. Awesome. They've been indoctrinated. And they don't know that. They don't know that. They, they know they like, can't prove it, but but they I, have I all the like, talking points. My bad. I wasn't meaning to cut you off. I was trying to catch you when mm, you, you didn't call the call or whatnot. But um, y'all two making a very valid point because, like you said, the dude's staring all in your mouth and they get emboldened. The thing about it is they have been emboldened through this affection mm. of what's going on, through religion. Religion mm -hmm. tells you that you were supposed to be seen as a slave or whatnot, and it's okay for it to happen. You can beat your slave right before they die, and if they die, then you get in trouble. Being what is, I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I'm normal, literally get it wrong if I try to remember it word for word, but treat your masses as if you would treat Jesus or God as mm -hmm. himself. You know what I'm saying? So when you beat mm -hmm. this into some people, and you have the people that's doing the beating that keep following it, of course they're going to feel like that. And then you have a system built out of that mold that everybody that's darker than you 
or that's in this religion or that's from this country or whatever the case may be is not better than you, of course you're going to feel like that. And then the part that, that you're that you're getting at that makes a lot of sense too is that why are we sitting up here arguing and feeling um, the way that we feel or whatever about religion? Why are we not, not technically fighting back, like shooting bullets and actually throwing hands, but why are we not fighting back? It's exactly what Coily said. They're waiting on Jesus to come back. And the part that bothers me about that is he wasn't mm-hmm. talk like Ray Hagan said, he wasn't talking to us in the future. The mm-hmm. the, the the video that he showed breaks it down perfectly. He wasn't talking to future generations or next generations or generations that are to come. He's talking to the generations right there that's in front of him. If Jesus was real, as the Bible says he is, in that aspect, mm-hmm. he's talking to them. He's not talking to us. And people yeah, take I'm it and gonna... break it down and be like, he's talking to us. We're waiting on this to happen. Why are you waiting? Every All other community is together <laughs> but ours. And they got their own they, version of religion. Actually, actually the, confusion, the confusion comes in where we do see them you know, um, celebrating uh, or up, uplift in the name of religion, whatever it is. You see what I'm saying? We right. see them doing that, but we also see them with all their needs met, too. See, exactly. they, they, are in, they are in a shape. That's what the old folks say. They are in a right. shape where they can do that. We ain't. We are so delusional. And, and I'm going to say this. I never, said, I never said one word about us fighting. I'm not saying that we, first of all, we would be, we would be idiotic if we even thought that that would be the right move. We'd be, if these people can wipe us out, these people could wipe us out in less than three days. I'm, I'm convinced of that. Because, because I'm sorry. No, you good, ma'am. I was just just add, adding on to what you were saying. That's why I was saying in, in my mm-hmm. in the part that I was speaking on that in a physical sense we ain't ready for that because we're too divided. We will have small pockets of resistance, but if us those are excuses. Again, we it's time for us to open our eyes. We've been using that excuse, you know, since time and memory. We've been it's using that as an excuse. It's, it's an excuse, and it might, yeah. But but I'm gonna tell you something. Either we okay, then we're okay with dying, being destroyed at the hand of our enemy. And that's why I was saying it's gonna be pockets of resistance. It's gonna be pockets in Georgia, pockets in Alabama, pockets in New York. We need pockets, pockets of preparation for survival, though. I don't, I don't, exactly. I'm not interested in resistance because resist, resistance requires te- technological power that we don't have access to. These people got the bombs. Time, we got guns. Who going to win? But at the same time, if you can't protect what you have, you're going to die anyway. We got to get something get first, King. All we got is our lives, our naked ass, and our, and our lives. That's all we got. That's, That's all we got. If, if we can't protect what we do get, yes, they're going to win. But the whole part of resistance is having a way to protect it. If you got land and no weapons, I'm, I'm going to be done. If you got, I'm going to be done. If you got land and no way to protect it, do you think it's not going to get taken from people who got weapons that can do it? Okay, if you can protect it, you can I'm hold on to the land. 
There is no protection for us. We have waited too long for the word protection. We are, we need to be in survival mode. I don't see there. I don't see any protection for us. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm trying to get you. I think we fantasize that it's something we can do. See, yeah, yeah. We'll just get us a couple of guns and about three, four hundred people. You are not lying. But, but the least we could do. But the least we can do is to make sure that we got a place to grow some food together, look out for each other, begin to uh, educate, practice practice sciences. And I mean, we could do that. But now if we start down the road of, I guess you could say, coming across like we're doing something to protect ourselves violently with weaponry, we, I mean, common sense tells me, yeah, we need our, we need, guns. These people got bombs. They don't even have to get their clothes dirty to mess us up. That's the shape we're in. And I really care about that much more than I care about whether or not you're going to do right or wrong. Because that's what religion is for. That's true. Whether or not I'm going to make up my mind to steal, not to steal. To kill, not to kill. That's all religion is for. I'm a do right. I'm one of those people. I don't want to take what's yours. Now we got that out the way with this one individual, but our people are so tough. It's just it's bad. It's bad. I, I understand. I understand your frustration. I do, and yeah. that's why I was saying it in the aspect of I'm gonna revert back to what I was saying. Not physically fighting. Not physically getting guns and throwing hands because I agree okay, with you. Okay. I do. I'm. I'm yes, that's what I was trying to say. I'm not trying to disagree with you. I'm agreeing with you because when you was bringing up okay. the point of we got to get food and be in survival mode at the same time, when you're in survival mode, you still have to be able be able to protect yourself. Let's just say you're in the wilderness. That's true. You come across. Let's just say you come across a wolverine. I'm not even going to use an extremely big animal like a bear or mm-hmm. a pack of wolves. You come across a wolverine. Mm-hmm. We know wolverines are one of the most deadliest animals as far as being in the woods. They take down grizzly bears, and grizzly bears are like five, five mm-hmm. to seven hundred pounds, and one swipe they'll knock your head off. That's that's scientifically proven. Yes, sir. You? Yes, sir. If you don't, hey, how you doing? If you don't have the ability to at least get away or fight back, if you have to, like you're cornered and you can't get away, you're going to die. That was mm-hmm. that was part of what I was getting at. If you grow food. Yeah. And we live in this, let's just say, a utopia where we grow on food. We got scientists coming up with ways to cure diseases, make our food better the natural way without GMOs and all that. That's a beautiful plan. But if the people that can drop bombs on us don't even have to use bombs, they just bring in an army to take, us, to take it from us, we have no way to at least hold our ground to move to somewhere else where we can pre- prepare to take on that type of situation. And in a sense, you really don't even have to do that. If you got, as far as technology, a person mm-hmm. or a group of people that can hack a system, prime example, gas, you can hack a system, you can shut a country down. If you got people in your group that can get into the grid and shut the grid down, you have no planes, you have no fuel, you have no way to use communication. You've already won the battle. They can't communicate without Wi-Fi. Without the towers, you shut that down. You already won. But you don't have you don't have you don't have one sixteenth 
uh, amount of black people that give a damn about exactly. even trying. Exactly. And that's so, what I, was I mean, and I'm not saying we shouldn't, you know, but I don't know. These people are listening to our conversation right now. That's, it, that's, that's a we we that's are already watch this. We are already behind the eight ball. Can anybody disagree with me without going spiritual? Oh, no, so that's what you have to go. You have to go in the fantasy line. And that's what bothers me so bad with just I mean, the least we could do. I mean, look at look at the killing of Trayvon. That's done a good spell back, right? So exactly. you would have thought our people would have said, wait a minute. You know, that's a kid. That's a kid. We got to, and I'm we, we've been acting a fool. We done danced enough. We done drank. We done ate with our big asses. Well, you see that black folks got fat. got fat. And the, and the crazy thing it. about it is, it, oh. it, revert, it reverts right back to what Courtney was saying. They're waiting to get mm-hmm. saved. Which reverts back to religion. I don't even it's think it's that broad. It is. You think it's that. I think it is. Not I think it is. Me. So that's, that's I don't. Why, that's why I, I, I focus I do on not. it so much. Quite I don't, Quite I don't, let me, don't let think Let me add my two cents right there. I think it's... Uh, on what y'all were talking I, about. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to... I, I would say, like, um, I think I think it, it, we, we got one option. Because the way I look at I it... I think it just allows just you like, to be on autopilot. Well, yeah, it, it does, but th- that's what they don't they don't realize that though. So, like, what what um what we what we fail to realize as a people is that we are still in a war that's been going on for thousands of years, and over generations we collectively have forgotten, but our enemy haven't forgotten. They're still killing us, but we not killing them, and uh, that's because we got. We got we got it in us just like like you were saying that ain't that ain't what I'm about. I don't want to go take your stuff. I don't want to do that. But guess what? They mm-hmm. they're different. They come from a different place. They come from a different uh, background. You know, we people of the sun. They're people of the ice. They come from the caves. We come from from the the grass. So it's it's, it's just a different but environment. The picture than that is the situation they got us in. The situation they got us in today. We are captured. Right. The reason why we why we can't fight back physically right now is because we are not unified. Now, if we was unified yeah, and using our heads, we would have a Wakanda. You know, if y'all haven't noticed, like black people in America are the most influential people in the world. We got people in Korea exactly. rapping. That started in black America. You know what I'm saying? So not that long ago. So like everybody want to be us, but they don't want to be us. So we the shit, but we don't and that's left. why they this hate is us. What I'm, but can we discuss? <laughs> Let me ask you this. So I agree with you. I would never disagree with that. I I seen the excellence of my people, the natural excellence. That's what you're alluding to of my people. On the mm-hmm. other hand, these people are at war with us today. Right. We don't have because, a chance. We really why. don't have a real chance to defend ourselves. We don't know what's on their mind. We don't know what they're gonna wake up to do. tomorrow. I think we do have a real chance, and you know what? I can't tell you I, what I, the chance is, but the reason the reason why I think I we have a chance is because they they going so hard. They going so hard against us. 
You know what I mean? Because it's like if they had the lock on this, they would be sitting back kicking their feet up. But I think they the the, the, the whatever grasp they do have on the black community is 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 flimsy because they. But now nah, we don't. If we don't say that, we may as well believe in Jesus. If you look at the data, um, the black community, even with all the abortion and Planned Parenthood and all the, you know, black on black crime and, and the police brutality, the black community is still growing and the white community over time is shrinking. And genetically, and yeah, if we mix, if we mix genetically, they'll shrink even more. That's like why that's what produces something. all the racism in the nation. You bring up something on. that a let lot me, of people do not understand. Let me speak on that just for I'll a second be. before you get to say it, man. Let me speak on that just for a second. That is one of the main reasons. Mm-hmm. Part two, this part, this is going to be a two part, two part. That is one of the main reasons why they're going so hard. If you listen to what Joe Biden said, I'm just using this as an example to bring context to what I'm saying. He was saying by 2040, it's going to be a lot of Europeans in America, just just as part of our, uh, of the planet. I've looked up, and they were saying by 2040, it's not really going to be like that. It's going to be more people with the hue of Colin Kaepernick that's running around. Because if you think about it, what what Kuali just said. Was that it's more not saying more of us, but we're not dying off as fast as what they want us to. Then you're bringing right. in the the southern part of the continent. You're bringing in the Hispanics, the Colombians, the, the Venezuelans, and stuff like that. Don't say they're you are bringing in. They are bringing. You know, they are bringing I mean, in. I'm, I'm, I'm just using the word you. I'm not specifically saying anybody on the line or any chat. I'm just specifically using that word, referring to them. I just say it like but that. But it, it's, important, it's important that I point that out because that is part of their plan. Those people are what I call pseudo whites. Exactly they know, who, the they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. And they're genetically and wiping are, themselves out at the same time, and we, they're not even really being they considerate. They don't care that top. those people. They don't care that those but, people are the ones wiping their numbers out, King. That's what I'm saying. Those people are those people are, are complete they're complacent complicit. I'm sorry. They're complicit with white supremacy. They are not against just like you got some black people that are complicit with white supremacy, like our politicians. Like our like our clergy. Exactly, because they think they're on the winning side. I'd rather be with the side that's not, winning not than be think. with the side that's No, they're allowing themselves to be tools to white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And as some of the people mm-hmm. I listen to in the black media, such as yourself, um, the black media teaches that when white supremacy is finished with their tools, they break them. So I'm I was just, just about you. to say that you sound like you listen to Professor okay. Black Truth and um, um, the business. I cringe, but yes, I listen because he he has a lot of valuable information. Yes. Yes, he does. And I and support him as well. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's exactly where I get a lot of my points from, and I appreciate you for supporting supporting him. Yeah. Not just you, yes, but any other way. And but. I'm going to make sure I support you as well, too, my king. But that's, that's oh, what I was trying to do. <coughs> the genetic side of things, they're wiping themselves out on top of using them as the step stools to keep certain situations going. 
we a lot of us don't see that don't realize that and don't want to acknowledge but they're showing folks down in california that they with white supremacy some of them playing off the proud boys and helping them do what they got to do to help make this this situation a lot worse than what it is a lot of them won't mm-hmm. won't a race war because they know in a in an actual war like let's just say we did some civil war type stuff they will win for the simple fact that a lot of our people are waiting to be saved from something that's not going to come save them and they're afraid to link up because they don't want to lose friends family members co-workers whatever the case may be that will put them in a rock and a hard place like i work with this person i got a son or a daughter that's dating this race of people and how can I go against them when they're a part of my family, when they're not realizing and that same group of people not to be right I don't blame. Of that. I don't blame my enemy. Our enemy is perfectly evil and diabolical. And uh, unfortunately, we, to me, we didn't have to sink to the, to the depths of helplessness that we have sunk to, but that's where we are. And it's you don't have the choice when you're outnumbered and you have a system built against you. Yes. It's unfortunate. And I sound so pessimistic. I mean, I wish I I wish I didn't have to feel this way. But this is how I'm just expressing, you know, to you all how I truly feel. That's what we do your thing. Do your thing. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. We love it. Yeah, well, I'm well, not, me personally, I'm on, I'm on my David Banner shit, man. Me and David Banner, we we on the same page. And if y'all tune into the David no, Banner podcast, y'all know part. what I'm talking about. Hey, tell yeah. him I said what's happening, man. But tell him, uh, put me on the show. <laughs> yeah, David Banner. I like David Banner. Even when he started realizing what was going on after he dropped his second album, like his whole change mm-hmm. threw me off because I was used to listening to him the way he came up with his first two albums. But when he started... Mm-hmm. Speaking on enlightenment, the way that he's doing it, I still rock with him. Maybe not as tough as I should, but I still rock with him because I appreciate what he's saying. He don't oh, he, he back on you all are bringing up enlightened people. Chain, Have yeah. you all ever heard of K Reno out of Texas? Mm-hmm. Yeah, out of Houston. Yes, that boy K-Reno is Reno is one of my other favorite. If you listen to some of his songs, and oh my ooh. goodness, he's speaking some. He be speaking some fire. I forgot yep, to tell you. I had a friend of mine introduce me to him. Hey, Reno is nice. If you ever get a chance to talk to him, tell him I said, hey, because I like that Bro. dude. You, like, he done yeah. spoke on so much stuff that mainstream rappers are not talking about. You might get a J. Cole that'll mm-hmm. spit something like that. You might get a Kendrick Lamar that speak something like that. But the majority of the folks that mainstream, they're not speaking on stuff like that because if they do, they already know what's going to happen mm-hmm. to them. They're going to get yanked. I don't mean in yep. a in a deathly type way. They just gonna get anything and pull to the side, and you gonna never hear from them again until like ten, fifteen years later. They working at working at somebody else's business or something like that, and that's not a knock to them. You just had your time, and that was it. Yeah. Hey, can I um can I chime in uh, with the Bible? Uh, do do your thing, man. I found um I found that verse one of the verses that kind of. You know, a lot of a lot of Christians and their ministers overlook this, where the Creator speaks about. Um, let's see if I can find it again. I thought I had it. Let me see. Oh, House of Israel. Man, don't I don't tell me I should have been turned it. Here it is. Yeah, it says that. Um, Wherefore I gave them also. Now this is Ezekiel, the twentieth chapter. The 25th verse. 
to go to show you. I'm reading this out of the Bible. It says, Wherefore I gave them also statutes that were not good and judgments whereby they should not live. And I polluted them in their own gifts and caused them to pass through the fire all that openeth the wounds that I might make them desolate to the end that they might know that I am the Lord. Wherefore, I gave them statutes that were not good and judgments whereby they should not live. That's Now, that's God talking. Now, that's supposed to be a punishment that he gave to his chosen people, Israel. Did you all know that God said that? That verse didn't sound familiar, but I really don't remember. Yeah, I think I might have heard it before, but you know what I'm saying? It's just one of those things that, you know what I mean? You got to hear a couple times, but yeah, I just just took note of it because that's that's crazy. Because like, um, (laughs) you said that you came from the Hebrew Hebrew Israelite faith, and it's it's crazy because they they believe that, and they kind of like, that's what they use to excuse all of the bullshit like slavery. They say, oh, well, that's a punishment mm-hmm. from God or whatever, and we, we, we did something back then, and, and we deserve all this shit. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of what I was well, uh, getting to with, with uh, actually, the other brother when I was talking about, you know, when you believe in actually, uh, faith and that, all that stuff. That particular that, verse is supposed to be kind of reflective of how we ended up with Jesus and the New Testament. Because, see, throughout the Old Testament, God tells you in this Bible that he is your only savior. Besides him, there is no God. That's the Old Testament message. But when you read this right here, it says that God is going to allow you to have statues that are not good. You see what I'm saying? And the Hebrew Israelite teaches that the, that the New Testament is the prophecy coming forth of that scripture that I just read to you. That's how we ended up with the New Testament. So let me get this straight. Yeah. All this talk that's been going down mm-hmm. pertaining yeah. to the Bible about Jesus being the son of God, Jesus being sacrificed to erase sins and things of that nature. To read that verse and that, that part of the book, that chapter, was basically a setup. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. I'm I'm tr- I'm wrapping my head around this because people will say God is all loving, like you said earlier. God is all loving, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you also mentioned, which is also in the Bible, that He is good and evil. So if that is the case, what okay. is the point in having what is the point in having Lucifer become Satan or the devil, however people want to phrase it, to know Him as? So you have two versions of evil and one version of good that is setting up all this stuff to have a sacrificial lamb die for the sins of all mankind to therefore tell your people later on down the line, I did that to set you up. I'm going to go to jail for you so you can get off, but while I'm in jail, I'm snitching on you getting you locked up too. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to type in the um, on your page here that verse that I just read. So when people oh, do. Um, hear this, that yeah, is, that is crazy how people will set up and follow this book like that and don't even catch the contradictions. To me, that's a very big contradiction. 
And do you not know a lot of our people will not admit that there are contradictions throughout that book? Yes, there they are can. people that would not admit. I know of at least ten. I don't know them off the top of my head like that, but I know I know of at least ten of them. That's not even halfway through the Bible. Of at least ten. That's before you get to Job and not Ezekiel, but Job, Matthew. Even some of them are in Matthew, like two or three of them are, are in Matthew. Yes, and you will ignore the contradictions to say this is the word of God. Question. I'm not saying this for anybody to answer. I'm just saying this. This is my question. If God is all-knowing, all-powerful, and it's perfect, how do you set it up to where there's contradictions in your word and you don't correct it? You the answer is because God ain't wrote that. Just I think like it's more confusion and distraction, just like I started out saying. Exactly. The reason, why, the reason why people don't notice the contradictions is because, for one, it's written in, in old English, and we don't talk like that. So they're already no, we people don't. going into these, these uh, Bible studies and into these churches. The but majority they swear, of them, but damn, they know what it's saying now. Come on. That's no, that's no exactly. It's close enough and to we, English for them to beat you over the head with it. <laughs> I don't hear that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now we all exactly. we all been we all been uh believers before. We all been religious before. So mm-hmm. we know exactly how it feels to 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 yeah. bolster up something that we don't we don't understand because we're afraid to not to, to, to say it's not true yeah. or to to, 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 to sound different than everybody fear. else. It's out of fear. Yeah, it's out of fear. And you know what I'm saying, of these people don't understand fear. this stuff for one. And even if they do see the contradiction, they're scared to admit that it's a contradiction because they think that it is the word of God. Thank so if you. you if you go against this, you, you're going against God. God. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I, I used to have people scream. I had a woman fall out at work on the floor and kick and wow. scream because I was making some contradictory, um, <laughs> I guess to say, you were facts. Them out. She she. Man, I'm serious. Out. And she just screamed. She she's like, I can't take this. I can't it was like, Why are you acting the sun's still gonna come up tomorrow while you down on that floor getting dirty? The water's still gonna it, be wet. If okay. you think about it, right. if you come at it in a religious aspect, she was possessed. Because she allowed it. She put that on herself because she didn't understand something and she didn't have enough faith in what she had pretended to learn all along. She didn't have enough faith in it to listen objectively and weigh something. See, I don't try to make this book be right. You understand? I don't try to, because I didn't give this book to myself. This is not my work. So I'm not obligated to make this book right. This book got to come right. And it has to, I'm going to say this. I was created, and I did not, as Sarah Sutton said, he says, I didn't have this book oh, strapped to my ass Sarah when I came said. here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I didn't have this book strapped to me. <laughs> I, was a, I was an innocent infant when I came into this world. I didn't know nothing about this book for many years, and I made it. Okay? My whole thing is, if, 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 it's the, like, if, if God is... Um, Almighty, the Alpha Omega, and, and perfect, or whatever adjective you want to put on it. Like, it, in what world is a book the best way for him to communicate his message to humans? Exactly. I mean, because humans write books. That would seem like that seemed like some some low level shit for God to do to write a book. Especially mm. if everybody don't like 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 she said, if we're not born with it. 
You know what I'm saying? If it ain't like, oh, you know what I'm saying? It attached to my hip. If if, if God exactly. wanted us to know it, why didn't he just put it in our DNA? Like, that's God. He could have done that. But, you know, the fact yeah. that uh, you got people on the other side of the world that have a whole nother book that they believe in just as wholeheartedly as people over here believe in that Bible. And all you got to do is a little bit of history you, and realize how, how we got it, and then you won't you won't bolster it up so much. But the fact the the, the fact of the matter is, people fail to research and they don't do the history. And we swear, but darn, we believe in science. We believe in science. So you got archaeologists who are scientists, right? Yep. Archaeologists right. are scientists of sort, right? They right. they can yep. show where things predated the characters of the Bible. Predated. That means they came before and walked on the face of the earth. A lot of them don't believe it. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They reject it. No, they reject it. I was about to say that they reject it and ignore it. Well, if that's when it comes to this, they pick and choose. Exactly. Right. And that and that part that that part is so mentally destructive. I'm going to say, from my understanding, what the co-worker you had that you was breaking this down to, she had a mental break, not going crazy, but she had a mental break. Her cognitive dissonance was kicking yeah. in so hard, she didn't know no other way to react to it but to do that. Because mm. some people don't understand what that means. The way I break it down, the way I understand it is, if you tell somebody the truth, they see the truth. Their mind is so bent in, in a certain direction that the truth will fight against that to get you to realize it. But you're so bent in that direction, you won't unfold to realize what's really going on. Mm-hmm. I just use it as an example. I break your arm. You see your arm is broke. Your fingers don't work. I'm telling you, your arm is broke. Your mind is so bent mm-hmm. that it's supposed to be like that that you will fight tooth and nail to believe that your arm was meant to be like that. God told you to break my arm. Right. Why did God tell you to break your arm? I did it to prove a point to you. You can heal from it. All you got to do is just put it back in place. You're good. No, God told you right. to do this to me so I can understand that God is real. So why didn't God prevent mm-hmm. give you the ability to prevent me from breaking your arm to let you know that he's, he's real in that mm-hmm. aspect as well? Why did he let me cause you physical harm? Yes. You have no yes. answer These are the things that I question. Exactly. And, and then your brain goes to fight against it. So what you do, you lash out like a five-year-old. You fall out on the floor, kicking and thrashing and going on because your brain is telling you this is not what you're supposed to be into as far as listening to knowledge. The knowledge that you And I'm going to be honest with you. When she did that, what she did by doing that, she really admitted to me that what I was saying to her was so powerful. That she just couldn't take it. She was getting it, and she didn't want. She didn't want to give herself time to think rationally, and so she acted out that way. At work, a beautiful woman <laughs> dressed well that day, <laughs> and she did that. She did that. I'll never forget it. And I'm like this little simple information that I'm sharing with this woman made her act like this. I mean, she just clowns. Why? Our Why? brain went into I, fight mode. Yeah. Not to physically fight yeah. you, but it went to fight mode. Like, I can't accept this 
this reality. I can't accept what you're telling me. This is not right. And her brain subconsciously is telling her, this is the truth. This is what you need to hear. But she's so bent in that direction, she don't want to acknowledge it. She don't want it to be real. And I'm going to tell you something, brother. Most of these these Bible-believing Christians and otherwise, and I ain't talking about white people. I'm just focusing on black people. Most of them don't know what's in the book. They don't. They know what's they been don't. said and heard read up to that point to understand what was really going on for Bible study and Sunday service or if you go to Saturday service. Saturday service. That's it. A lot of people that are Christians, they use logic and, and rationale to live their everyday life. Right. And when it comes to that book, you throw logic completely out the window. I had a mm-hmm. friend of mine. He's still a friend of mine. I just haven't had a chance to talk to him. Me and him would, whenever we got a chance to meet up, we would discuss this type of stuff. No arguments, no flipping out, no none of that. And he was telling mm-hmm. me from the part of the conversation I can remember, he was like, you can't use logic when it comes to God. I said, how come you can't? He gave it to you, didn't Wow. I said, understand how, could, how can you not use logic? Because he's out, out, out how can you have, so on and so forth. I'm like, how that can you have no discernment? Sense. How can you have discernment? I use discernment on my way to my location where I am right now, right? The the interstate was flooding. I was on 635 on the way to Fort Worth, and it, it stormed pretty good, right? And there were about five big pools of water sitting out in the middle of the interstate, right? Had I not used my discernment, I probably could have called, and I, I seriously doubt if anything would have happened to this truck. I go down the road with 80,000 pounds on my back, okay? That's what I roll with. I don't roll light. I don't roll light. But I could have called somebody else to get messed up. But I, Because I use my discernment and I care about people, I threw my hazard lights on. And it works. So I didn't count on Jesus or the Lord except, I guess you could say, I don't know. I don't know. You know you're what I'm trying to go you're, with this. You're using your rationale you and your common sense to not yeah. do that type of thing. Because right. you're working around you. Right. You can't slam on brakes with 8,500, no. 85,000 pounds and stop on a dime. No. It's not going to happen. If your rear brakes no. don't lock up like they're supposed to, you're still going to move forward. And every and if everything yeah. does slam on brakes like it want to, you're still going to move forward because of the momentum that you yes. have plus the width, this width that you're going to move forward. So if there's total, you're going to run right through them. And there's nothing you can do. And guess do. what? I'm hauling liquid. I don't have baffles, oh. meaning I don't have partitions in my tank. So that's what I'm saying. You, I'm blessed with a certain amount of knowledge and care. There you go. They slosh. What I do that this truck does, that the product does, it will flip me the heck over. So that's what I'm saying. You do need discernment in anything that you do, anything. Or jackknife, thank you. Thank you. Are you working around how I know what you're talking about? Yes, sir. I used to work around. people just, um, we're going to have to get a grip. Like Quayle was saying, they got to let go of this religion first because you're going to look at it. Because it's a certain part of the Bible that I used to read 
that said, because I was always wondering, like, why people are not fighting back. It's a part of the Bible. I'm sorry about this, y'all. Down the street from me, right? People are not fighting back because they love being distracted, bro. I'm telling you, not 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 because they think. Okay, okay. It's a a lot of, it's it's both, it's both, it's both. It's got to be. That's that's what I'm saying. It's not just that. That's a part of it. I'm not throwing that out the window. That's a part of it. That's attached to it like a train car. But it's a part of the Bible that says, you shall not take wrath upon somebody or something like that. You're supposed to let me do it. I'm paraphrasing. So when you read mm-hmm, that in the Bible and you take right. confidence in, in release into that, like, okay, if you slap me in the face, God going to get you back. But if I keep slapping you in your face and nothing happens, then what? You're going to be constantly praying and hoping that something happens to me to get revenge on me for me doing you wrong when all you had to do was move your head or put your hand up the block to slap. That's something you could not right, do. But that's something that person could have done. You could have ducked, felt back, put your guard up, grabbed my hands off, wouldn't do it. You, The person could have done, excuse me, I keep saying you, the person could have did all of those actions to prevent the slap, but did not because they think that God or Jesus or however they believe in it at that time is going to prevent me or get me back later on down the line because of what I did to you then. When all that could have been shut down at that point in time when but I, I was stopping that person. I really think that, once again, those are cover-ups for not wanting to take action. We have been, it's it's like we're in a, like we're in a daze or something as a race of people. And we, that's why we refuse to unify because we we don't want to get caught, we don't want to get them hands from the oppressor. Now, it would not be, it would not be wise for us. The average, the average black person walking around in America is delusional. Even no matter how successful yeah. they is, and I say that because they got yeah. an imaginary friend. You know, at all times yeah. they got this imaginary yeah. friend, or if they don't got an imaginary friend, they got some type of uh, fake belief system that, that they believe in that's mm-hmm. not fucking real. And I used to be, I used to be one of those people. I used to believe a lot of shit. That's why I talk so much shit Yo, now, because I, <laughs> I, I done, I done been through all these different uh, walks of belief. So it's like I know yeah, how it yeah. feels to believe in something. And and I like when I talk to different people, it's like everybody's got a, a belief in something. Most of them is is the religion thing, but some people believe in, uh, like like the the law of attraction stuff, real heavy, and uh, mm-hmm. the crystals and stuff. And the, the, like my oldest daughter is into of, that. But she'll yeah, cut yeah, the mama out. In, into Did you hear what I said? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. She don't know she's messing like, with a fool. She's messing with a fool. <laughs> yeah, I used to be into that stuff like, like, like real heavy too, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and that's how I know it's, it's not, you know, nothing real to it. But it's, it's what I'm trying to say is it's a lot of different beliefs going around in, in the minds of the people. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to to get everybody on the same page because everybody is, is so separated. And not only that, not only do they got these belief systems, you got other distractions, like you got uh, sports, the uh, love and hip hop or whatever's on TV, whatever your favorite show is. And, yeah. and uh, yeah. the music, everything that's in the media that, um, which is heavily controlled by a small group of people. You know what I'm saying? So they decide where we 
uh, digest it. It's changing now because of the internet. You know, shows like this that they can't stop. You know, what I mean, just mm-hmm. like random people just starting their own shit. But before it was heavily controlled, and all the content that you get was just you know what I'm saying what they fed you. And you know, some people they like they like to get fed that stuff. So um, it's like mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a delusion. Like uh, I, I put Ray Higgins on a lot because he. He say a lot of shit that I I want to say, and I'm like he already said it, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let him say it. So basically, what he yeah, said was, he's, he's you awful. know, saying it like a, religion or believing in something that's not real. You can you can get medically diagnosed for having a diagnosis. So like if you believe in a reality that's that's not a real reality, you are by definition delusional. So you know that's what we we battling out here. You know what I mean? Before we can become uh, forced to reckon with or, or or liberate ourselves for real for real in this country right we got to get unified and before we get unified we got to stop so I have a question. in stuff that don't exist go ahead right what do you all think about you know becoming expats i don't know what that is expatriating out of the united states i've heard of that yeah just you know um Oh wow, that's what I want to do. I want to leave the United I mean, States, uh, but I'm really not sure where I want to go. I was yes, wondering I've what you all it. thought about that because I don't think we have any form of a true level of peace with 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 the race soldiers, you know, in uniform, wearing blue. You know, uh, I don't pay Ray Ray. I don't pay Ray Ray with my tax dollars. I don't. But I pay the police. Right. With my tax dollars, hard, hard earned. I had driving in bad weather, messing around with these crazy people. The, the job that you that you hold, you know, they take your taxes before you see them. And these municipalities, these attorneys, these judges, they are permitting in our in our public officials in politics. They are permitting black people to be put under attack in this country. They're permitting that, all of them. It's not just the police. So that's why I have a desire. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I don't I was thinking about that too. Mm-hmm. I've seen a couple of people on YouTube that say they went back to Africa and stuff like that. It's okay over there, depending on where they're at. And I've also mm-hmm. thought about it in this aspect as well in two, in two ways. One, if my people were already here. Why should I leave my land for them? Two, yeah. if my people were brought from Africa over here, my ancestors, which blood runs runs through me, were put through so much to help make this country what it is. Why should I leave? Why should I give up I what is my natural born right? I look at the example of the Jews in Poland. <laughs> I look at the example of the Jews. With the Holocaust, you know that that miniature or that that <laughs> much much smaller period of time of a Holocaust that happened right. to the Jews compared to the Holocaust that's still happening to us. I that we don't want to recognize. And the thing about yeah. it, they will remind you, not remind you, they will remind people. Remember the Holocaust. Yeah. Remember this. Remember that that happened to yeah. their. But they want us to people. forget ours. Exactly. They don't right. even want to mention it. If you bring it up, why you got to remember the past? If another but person this, tells this me that, I'm like, why do you got to keep representing or bringing up the Holocaust? It happened to them. They got paid. They're okay. As a 
as a matter yeah. of fact, on top of that, the United States is still helping them. So don't tell mm-hmm. me with our tax dollars. Exactly. If anybody tells me, oh, you shouldn't feel that way about the Jews or whatnot, why should I not? The money that I work hard for, almost die for, from being in whatever occupation that I'm in, is going over there to help a group of people do something to another group of people. Why should I care? Mm-hmm. Not saying I don't right. care about what's happening to the people that is going through, but why should I care about a country? that is deliberately showing me that they don't care. Why should I continue right. to help you? If anything, and, I'm and going they to have they have, they have played a major role in destroying us with entertainment not just, on purpose. Not just, they, the Jews not have, along yeah, with white oh, supremacy, which they are part, they're, they're part of they're that too. Of, but the, if you think but about the reason the, I brought the, them up is because, because of you know, at one point before their Holocaust, you see, they had signs that they were not, uh, they, were, they were in danger. We got signs that we are in danger. That's why I'm asking about expatriation. That's the reason I brought it up. I agree with you uh, on that the DSA one. I had never heard of the, the term ex, expat before, but I had to look into I've it. Heard it. But, uh, I'm not opposed to it, but I would say... Um, I just don't know like where where we gonna go or, or like if we got the resources to really you know what I'm saying like do that. But I feel like um I don't I don't really want to discuss my views on on the airways. Mm-hmm. But I would just say mm-hmm. I, I take the same I take the same uh, viewpoint that David Banner take. Right. Yes. Yes. And if you don't mind, could you say? Oh, never mind. Don't even worry about it. But I, I yeah, you got you got to Google it. Or something. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's why I said never mind. But I feel all of y'all on what y'all well, are saying as far as getting up out of here and doing that. Because the thing about it is, let's just say hypothetically, in a let's just say semi-perfect world, every black person, millionaire, everything leaves the United States. The United States will fall. Everybody knows that, except for the majority of our people. It will crumble because without us, you can't do anything. You can't get the most popular music sales. You can't get the exciting entertainment as far as sports goes. You can't get the styles that you have now if it wasn't for us. You wouldn't get the music that you have if it wasn't for us. So if we just but those say, things are not life sustaining, though. You have to understand. It's a difference between the things that are life sustaining and the things that are not life sustaining. Okay, what do you mean? You don't need it. You can survive right, in the world right. without fashion. Right. Okay, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying now. Okay. So, so this is this is the only reason I'm, I'm I'm going to respectfully disagree with that comment is because some of our um some of our uh, historians over the years, like Dr. John Henry Clark, speaks about yeah, um he, he speaks about um. White supremacy no longer needing us. They they worked towards that. They got everything. They've already squeezed the rag dry. We're the rag. Mm-hmm. Now they're hanging us out to dry. They don't need us. And they have. And that's what I was telling you about the other races. The other races only they are they they are profiting off of our forefathers and our continuous 
sacrifice and hard work to this country. They did not build this country. Facts. That's why. That's why I say I, I take the approach that I take. You know what I'm saying? And and when y'all when y'all start listening to David Bender, y'all know what I'm talking about. But yeah, um, we're gonna. I want to get y'all to get y'all um, final remarks in. We're gonna close out in about five minutes. All right, no problem. You can go first, man, if you want to. If not, I can go. Well, I think that uh, it's important for us to continue these conversations among our people. It's time out for us being distracted with things that we can't prove, things that, you know, are not putting food and protection and and security in our presence. So, I mean, that's, that's basically what I want to say. I, I mean, I respect our religious walk, and I, and I do love the Lord. I don't know, you know, I, I don't box the Creator in. I don't. I just know that he is, and it's okay with me. I just think that we've been distracted because you got man telling us what the creator thinks and what he believes in and what he expects out of us. And and I think we're in folly. We're, we're, we're conducting ourselves with a bunch of folly, being distracted by that when our very lives are in jeopardy. So thank you so much for having this dialogue. I appreciate you all. Y'all have a good evening. You too, man. Thank you for calling in. We really, really appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Good, man. Hey, DSA, uh, what you want to say before we get out of here? Yeah, I'm going to try not to be too long. Because he spoke (coughs) a lot of people. He didn't say anything that was out of the ordinary. It's going to take a lot of work for us to get right. It's going to take a lot of work and build for us to let go of this train of thought that we have been put into to believe that we're supposed to wait on something to save us when we actually have the ability to do it ourselves even if it's not physically like i said before without the physical fighting we have the ability to put a hurt on anybody regardless of who it is as far as financially um socially whatever um i'm trying to make it quick and on top of that, once we come together, regardless if, if it's in this time frame or 30, 40 years from now, we'll be able to do some extremely magnificent things. That's pretty much, that's all I got, because I don't want to hold up too much too much more of the time and everything like that. But everybody in set, y'all be easy. Quayle, you be easy, man. Everything be straight with you. And everybody, just have a good night and the rest of y'all week. Show, man. And as always, brother, I appreciate you calling in, man. And um, I want to remind everybody listening to check the description for links to our other podcasts. And we also put this out as a audio podcast. If you got the smart speaker, you can just say Alexa, play Atheist Church Lab, and they'll play us. So, so we're gonna we're gonna play the rest of the uh, the Ray Hagen sermon. So don't go nowhere. We're gonna. Uh, Finish out the sermon for y'all because we go cut it out halfway in because I wanted to talk to Brother Waylon. I appreciate you for calling in too. And everybody that called in, y'all welcome to call back in anytime. This is an open line for anybody that's anybody that's listening to. Y'all can call in too. Y'all ain't got to uh, just listen. Y'all can call in and be a part of the show anytime y'all want to. But I'm going to shut up, man, and I'm going to let Ray Higgins uh, finish teaching what he was teaching. Peace. Your line.
says, for many shall come in my name. Uh-oh. Go ahead. Saying, I am Christ. Now here's what preachers do today. You know the Bible said the folk going to come along claiming to be Christ. Look at somebody next to you and say, that is not what that says. If you look at that verse carefully, it says, for many shall come in my name. Right? Saying, I am Christ. Saying, I am Christ. Y'all still, some of you still didn't catch it. It does not say many will come in my name claiming to be Christ. That's not what it says. What it says is many will come in my name or as my representatives saying that I am Christ. You got it that time, huh? And do what? And shall deceive many. I've already messed some folk up right there. Because according to Matthew 24, verse 5, it clearly says people are going to come along teaching that Jesus is Christ and deceive a lot of people. How many of y'all see that there? I repeat, it does not say many will come along claiming to be Christ and deceive people. Besides, let's do some, come on y'all, let's just think for a moment. Why would he have to be concerned about three, 12 guys who've been following him every day for three years being deceived by somebody claiming to be him? So the last thing he was concerned about is somebody claiming to be him. What he's actually saying is people are going to come along teaching that he is Christ and deceive a lot of people. Now let me ask you all a question. The person that you're talking to, here's the question you want to ask them. Are people teaching that Jesus is Christ? Yes. All right, right off the bat, we got a, we got a problem. Right off the bat. The Bible says... That there will be no rapture. And Jesus is not coming back. Now let me show you what I mean here. Y'all follow this. If you just say that to a person. They're going to shut you down. Because they're going to say you done lost your mind. But if you say to them. The Bible says. There will be no rapture. And Jesus is not coming back. If you say that to them, you know what they're going to say? Right, exactly. That's the first thing. They're going to show me where it says that. So are y'all ready to do some Bible work here? You ready to make some notes? Everybody say, Yeshua. Amashiach. I just gave you a Hebrew phrase. Yeshua Amashiach. Yeshua is the Hebrew version of the Greek word Jesus. And Mashiach is the Hebrew version of the Greek word Christos. The Greek word Christos is where we get the English word Christ from. But notice I just said Yeshua at Mashiach. 
Yeshua Mashiach simply means Jesus the Messiah. Y'all grabbing this? Now it's so important to understand, brothers and sisters, that the article the is there. Yeshua Mashiach became Jesus Christos. What did I just say? Jesus Christos. Why Jesus? Because there was no J. Everybody say there was no J on this planet until the late 16th century. So if there was no J on this planet, then there could not have been a word Jesus. Are y'all following what I'm saying? So the proper pronunciation was Jesus Christos. Instead of Jesus the Christ, the translation became Jesus Christ, as though Christ was a last name. Now, as you've heard me say, the greatest expectation for the Christian, for the believer, is that Jesus Christos is going to return in the clouds one day and take us out of this mess we're in. And as a result of you thinking that somebody's going to come take you out of this mess, you're not trying to improve the mess. Because you're waiting for a deliverer. You're waiting for a savior. This is some deep stuff because you got folk who honestly believe that because I've been redeemed and I've been washed in the what? Y'all got it? Y'all got it? Because I've been redeemed and I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb that one day a trumpet is going to sound and we're going to be caught up. Well, let me ask three questions. Everybody repeat these three questions after me. And brothers and sisters, as we ask these questions, we mean no harm. I want you to think. That's all I want you to do. Here's the first question. Everybody repeat after me. Is it possible? And notice, I'm, I'm simply asking a question. Is it possible that Jesus, Jesus. expected his messianic kingdom to be established on earth within his generation. Some of y'all saying no. Is it possible? That's all. Is it possible that he honestly expected his messianic kingdom? Now, of course, we know he didn't really expect anything. And why do we know that? Because he didn't exist, right? But again, we're, re we're, we're trying to reach those who are there on that level, who think he did, right? So let's talk to them on their level. That's the only way you can reach a person, brothers. Listen, y'all, that's the mistake many of us are making. We are talking to people on a level that they are not on. Is it possible? That's all I'm asking. Is it possible that Jesus honestly believed that his messianic kingdom was going to happen within his generation? of the people he was talking to at that day. Second question, 
Ask them, repeat after me, is it possible that Jesus thought that the end of the world was imminent because of a fulfillment of prophecy? Did y'all get that question? And I'm going to break all this down to you, but see, I want you to set the stage here. Did, is it possible the man honestly thought the end was imminent? Not coming 2,000 years later, but the word imminent means it's here. Third question I want you to ask when you're trying to reach people is, is it possible, repeat that, is it possible? that what Christians teach is yet to come has already happened? Now that, that third question right there is a mind, that just messes you up right there. Because if what we're teaching is yet to come, has already happened, then what are we doing? What are you looking for? What are you waiting for? If it has already happened, what are you waiting for? Jesus sincerely held the view and the belief, and he not only held the view and belief, but he literally taught it. He taught that he was the long looked for Messiah that was to come, and he was going to usher in the kingdom of God, everybody say, within his own generation. Now see, this is when people say to you, show, me that, show that to me in the Bible. Show that to me in the Bible. I hear what you're saying, but unless I see it in the Bible, I ain't going to believe it. Let's look at Luke, the 21st chapter, verse 31 and 32. Luke 21, verse 31 and 32. Now we're going to be turning to a lot of scriptures here, so let's do this quickly, okay? What does it say? So likewise, you, when you shall, when you see things come to pass, yes, know you that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Listen to what he's saying. Likewise, when y'all see this stuff coming to pass, now the thing is, I've been telling you, how do you read the text? When you say these things, what things? Okay, well, the things that she's referring to are in previous verses. We'll cover that in a moment. When you see these things come to pass, it goes on to say, Know you, I want you to know. This is what he's saying. I want you not think, not believe, not assume. I want you to know that the kingdom of God is what? Nigh at hand. Nigh. What is another word for now, y'all? Thank you. The kingdom of God is near. It's at hand. So right off the bat, it's telling you that nigh or at hand means now. It ain't 2,000 years. It ain't 2010. It's not in 2012. It's now. Not in 2000 something. Now, nigh at hand. Go ahead, read. Verily I say unto you. Another word for verily is truly. In other words, I'm telling y'all this. Rest assured that what I'm saying to you, go ahead. This generation shall not pass 
pass away. What generation? This. Okay, now let me show y'all where we mess up here. And I want you to be able to show this to people you're trying to reach. We make the mistake of interpreting what's said from the perspective of the reader. And not from the speaker. So when it says this generation, it's not talking about this generation of those of, of us reading it. It's talking about this generation of the speaker. The speaker is saying this generation. For example, if I was to say to y'all, this generation's crazy. Why would you think I'm talking about a generation that's going to read or watch this DVD 50 years from now? You follow what I'm saying? If, if you watch this DVD a hundred years from today and I say this generation's crazy, I'm not talking about that generation that's watching the DVD at that time. In like manner, it's not talking about the generation that's reading this at this time. It's talking about the generation to whom he was speaking at that time. This generation shall what? Not pass away. Uh-oh. Everybody say the people living at that time. Come on, talk to me. The people living at that time would not die until what he said happened. Are y'all clear? Now, notice what he says in verse 33. What does he say? Heaven and earth shall pass away. In other words, this is what he's saying, y'all. Heaven and earth will pass away before what I said doesn't happen. Got that? Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words, which I have spoken unto you, will not pass away. Now, he clearly says to his audience in no uncertain terms, then this is no casual remark. Incidentally, this same reported saying of solemn assurance is repeated identically. Turn to Matthew now, please. Matthew, the 24th chapter, verse 34 and 35. Let me get my Bible up here, too, because I want to cover some more stuff in Matthew 24. Matthew, the 24th chapter, verse 34 and 35. Would you read it, please? Verily I say unto you. Notice he says it again. Verily. Now you guys making notes of these verses? Okay, because see, you got to be able to share this with people. Verily, I say unto you what? This generation shall not pass. This generation shall not pass until... Go ahead. Till all these things be fulfilled. Till all these things be fulfilled. What does it say next? Heaven and earth shall pass away. It says it again, y'all. The sky will cease to exist. The earth will cease to exist before what I said to you does not come to pass. In other words, he's saying, y'all, you can take this to the bank. It's going to be a bounce check, though, I'm telling you now. If you try to take this to the bank, it's going to bounce. Now, since you're in Matthew 24, let's do some looking at what it says here, okay? Turn to the... Um, Let's see here. Look at, look at, look at. Uh, let's go to verse 3. What does it say? Yes, verse 3. Now, y'all follow this well. What does it say? 
And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives. As he sat upon the Mount of Olives. Now, of course, who's he here? Jesus. Talk to me, y'all. Who's he? Jesus. Jesus, right? Sitting on the Mount of Olives. As he sat upon the Mount of Olives, what happened? The disciples came unto him. The disciples came to him. Now, see, again, what is your, what is your platform of, 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 of a base of operation here? You are talking to people who believe every word of what you're reading right now. You got what I'm saying? You are using their book. In fact, when you share with them, when you try to reach them, use their Bible. Don't use your Bible. Because see, when you start showing them stuff, they're going to say, I want to see that in my Bible. Because right. right. something wrong with your Bible. Right. So use their Bible, okay? Notice the third verse again. What does it say? The disciples came unto him privately. The disciples came unto him privately. Saying, tell us. Saying, Tell us, listen carefully, y'all. Tell us what? When shall these things be? When shall these things be? And what else? And what shall be the sign of thy coming? What shall be the sign of what? Thy coming. What shall be the sign of thy coming? And of the end of the world. And of the end of the world. So they was talking 2012 stuff back then. You got what I'm saying? Folks have always been preoccupied with this end of the world mess. Every generation got another date that is going to happen. Now, it says plainly, tell us what's going to be the sign of your coming and the end of the world. What is it going to say? And Jesus answered and said unto them. Okay, y'all get ready because here's where it starts getting painful. It starts getting very painful. To those of you who are watching me right now, to those who are watching on the internet, I repeat to you, I am not trying to be insensitive. I am not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to cause you pain. I'm simply showing you what the Bible says. You've just never been taught to see it this way. And Jesus answered and said unto them what? Take heed. That no man deceive you. Listen, people, I'm getting ready to ask y'all a question. Who was he talking to? His disciples. Who? His disciples. His disciples. He wasn't talking to you sitting in this room. He was talking to his disciples. It clearly says, and his disciples came and asked him questions. And he said unto them, not to you. Brother Witherspoon, he say this to you. Deacon McDonald, he ain't say it to you either. <laughs> uh, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Long, no, he didn't say it to him already. <laughs> T.D. Jace knows it too. Creflo Dollar knows it too. They already know what I'm saying. That's some deep stuff, man. And yet they stand up and Okay, let's, 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 go ahead. He said unto them what? For many shall No, no, you missed, you missed the part. Take heed. Take heed that no man deceive you. Take heed that no man deceive you. Who is you in this verse? Thank you, say it again. The disciples. He wasn't saying, Brady, take heed, don't nobody deceive you. He wasn't talking to us. To 
talking to the disciples. He's saying to the disciples. And see, a lot of preachers today try to use this verse to say, you got to be careful. Bible said, don't let nobody deceive you. Bible wasn't saying that to you. He's talking to the disciples. He says to the disciples, now listen, y'all. James, Peter, Thomas, I want you guys to understand. Andrew, I want y'all to understand. I don't want you guys to be deceived. Are y'all grabbing this? Now, what was he concerned about in this literature? What was he concerned about? Deceived about what, Minister Stewart? Says, for many shall come in my name. Uh-oh. Go ahead. Saying, I am Christ. Now, here's what preachers do today. You know the Bible said. The folk going to come along claiming to be Christ. Mm -hmm. Look at somebody next to you and say, that is not what that says. If you look at that verse carefully, it says, for many shall come in my name. Right? Uh -huh. Saying, I am Christ. Saying, I am Christ. Y'all, some of you still didn't catch it. It does not say many will come in my name claiming to be Christ. That's not what it says. What it says is many will come in my name or as my representatives saying that I am Christ. You got it that time, huh? And do what? And shall deceive many. I've already messed some folk up right there. Because according to Matthew 24, verse 5, it clearly says people are going to come along teaching that Jesus is Christ and deceive a lot of people. How many of y'all see that there? I repeat, it does not say many will come along claiming to be Christ and deceive people. Besides, let's do some, come on y'all, let's just think for a moment. Why would he have to be concerned about three, 12 guys who've been following him every day for three years being deceived by somebody claiming to be him? So the last thing he was concerned about is somebody claiming to be him. What he's actually saying is people are going to come along teaching that he is Christ and deceive a lot of people. Now, let me ask you all a question. The person that you're talking to, here's the question you want to ask them. Are people teaching that Jesus is Christ? Yes. All right. Right off the bat, we got a, we got a problem. Right off the bat. Let's continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. Okay. Uh, let's see, go down to, save some time, go down to what verse here? You see a, a, a chapter there where it says the great tribulation, 21st verse, verse 21. What does it say? For this shall be great tribulation. Now, of course, he's talking about a whole lot of stuff that's going to happen. Y'all can read this on your own, right? But this is all the stuff that we were taught is going to, everybody say eschatology. eschatology. Have anybody ever heard that word before? Eschatology is the doctrine that's taught in the Christian church about stuff that's going to happen in the future. That's what it's called, eschatology. 
And what Minister Stewart is about to read right now is a part of the doctrine of eschatology. And one of the things in that doctrine is called the Great Tribulation. Have any of you ever heard that before? Now, based on what we've been taught, even those of you sitting here, based on what we've been taught about the Great Tribulation, has it happened yet? It hasn't happened yet, based on what we've been taught, right? Based on what you've been taught. The Great Tribulation has not happened yet. Now, let's see what the Bible has to say about that. Read, Minister Stewart, verse 21. For then shall be great tribulation. For then shall be great tribulation. Now, how do we know that we're talking about the tribulation? Based on what she's getting ready to say next. Go ahead. Such as was not since the beginning of the world. It has never been since the beginning of the world. this time. Not going on now. Nor ever shall be. Never will it be a greater tribulation than this tribulation I'm talking about right now. So based on that, we know that this is talking about the great tribulation. Right? Continue. And except those days should be shortened. Now see, here's where it messes up, y'all. Because a lot of believers, a lot of Christians get excited about the fact, well, I, the, the tribulation coming. Tribulation coming. But the Bible say that except those days should be shortened. Ain't no flesh going to be saved. That's what my mom used to say. My mom used to say all the time. Ooh, I'm so glad that the Lord going to come and rescue us out of this. That's what saints say. Wow. Let's save some time. And go down now to, uh, uh, let's see here, 30th verse. Everybody say, this is getting ready to talk about the rapture. Say that. This is talking about the rapture. Verse 30. Now, what again, again, what is the subject for today? There will be no rapture. And Jesus is not coming back. Now, Minister Stewart is getting ready to read to you right now proof that there will be no rapture. So highlight it. Put a circle around it. Draw stars around it if you want to. Make funny faces. I don't care whatever you got to do so that you'll be able to find this verse. What does verse 29 say? Immediately after the tribulation of those days. Wait a minute now. Whoa, whoa. Immediately what? After the tribulation. Okay. How many of y'all were taught that the rapture is going to take place before the tribulation? Yes, sir. That's what you were taught, right? Uh-huh. Right. In other words, before the Lord come back, we're going to be caught up out of here before the tribulation. Right? Before all the of, all of, all of mess start happening, we're going to be caught away before the tribulation. But isn't it deep that Minister Stewart is reading in verse 29, immediately after. after the tribulation or before the tribulation? After. Uh-oh. Another problem. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm telling y'all right now, see, here's what's happening. As you're sharing this with folk, they're, they're looking at this and they're saying... See, because they can't argue with what the Bible is saying. They can argue with you. You follow what I'm saying? But they can't argue. Now, see, once, it show, once you show them this in their Bible, and it says immediately after the trip, and ask them, ask them. Now, the tribulation that y'all, you're going to be raptured out of here before the tribulation, right? 
And they're going to say, oh, yeah. Whew, I get happy when I think about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Hey, oh, we ain't, ain't going to be here. Say, well, now, what about verse 29? What about verse 29? What does it say? Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light. And, the and I see, I see what's going to happen right now. They're going to say, you still ain't telling me we ain't going to be caught up. You just telling me what's going to happen after the tribulation. Right. I know we're going to be gone. Right. Keep on reading. And the stars shall fall from heaven. The stars shall fall from heaven. And the powers of the heaven, the powers shall, of the shaken, heaven shall be shaken. And then shall appear. Uh-oh. Notice how the Bible is careful to say, and then. This is called the chronology of biblical literature. The Bible is setting a, 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 a schedule here. It says immediately after the tribulation of those days, all this is going to happen. And it says, and, and then shall appear, what? The sign of the Son of Man. The sign of the Son of Man in the heavens. Everybody say this is called the second coming of Jesus. Go ahead. And then shall all the tribes. Notice the word again. And then. Hear this? See the sequence here? It's careful about the sequence. And then, after everybody see the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, what's going to happen next, Minister Stewart? And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven. He coming back! With power and great glory. He coming back! Because <laughs> the Bible says that every eye is going to see him. How many of y'all heard that growing up? Every Every eye Gonna see him. That's what it says. Then we shall see him coming in the clouds with great glory. Go ahead. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. Uh oh. And he shall send forth his angels with the great sound of a what? A trumpet. Of a trumpet. And what are they gonna do? And they shall gather together his elect. They shall gather together his elect. From the four winds. From, from the four winds. From one end of heaven to the from other. One from all over the planet. The angels of God is gonna rapture the church. That's it. First Corinthians what? 15. Keep your finger there. We're going to come back. First Corinthians 15, 52. See, this is this man. This is some deep stuff because this is what makes church folk get happy. Read, read, read it. What does it say? In a moment. Now to start, start for start verse 51. Because see, this is, this is where we get happy right here. Go ahead. Go ahead. Behold, I show you a we shall not all sleep. We shall not all sleep. But we shall all be changed. But we shall. Y'all, Lord, y'all, y'all remember these days, right? We shall be changed. Go ahead. In a moment. In a moment. In the twinkling of an in eye. In the twinkling of an eye. What's gonna happen? At the last trumpet. At what she's starting to read it like she's preaching it, right? <laughs> At the last 
Trump, what's going to happen? For the trumpet shall sound. For the trumpet shall sound. And the dead shall be raised. And the dead shall be raised. Incorruptible. Incorruptible. And we shall be changed. Now, how many of y'all heard that before? Yes, changed yes, from mortal to immortality. How fast? It's a twinkling you got it. <laughs> we shall be changed. Let's go back to Matthew now. Verse 31, where we left off. At the sound of the last trump. Now, let's go down to verse 34. Wait a minute, before you read 34, everything Minister Stewart just read is gonna happen. Isn't that what Christians are looking for? Yeah. Ain't that it? Well, then what about verse 34, Minister Stewart? What does it say? Verily I say unto you. Verily I say unto you. This generation shall not pass. This generation, those of you who are listening to me say all this, will not die. Mm -hmm. Y'all will not die until what happens? Till all these things be fulfilled. Till everything I said be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> Did y'all get this? Now, so, so what does this mean? Now, we haven't even finished going through other verses yet. What does it mean at this point? Already at this point, based on what we have already covered, according to the Bible, already at this point, it means that if the Bible is in fact true, grab what I'm saying, and this is what you say to those you're trying to reach. If the Bible is in fact true, then that means that everything you're looking for to happen has already happened. That means that he already came back in the clouds and the angels have already raptured his elect. The trumpet blew. Right? If the Bible is in fact true. It has already happened and so therefore Christians you are now wasting your time. Or, or, Jesus was a lunatic. Again, I'm not trying to be insensitive. I know you love him. I know you get joy when you think about him. But if it did not already happen, then that means he was a lunatic with delusions of grandeur. I told y'all this message may cause a boycott. Marching up and down in front of the Auburn Village, Christians with signs. <laughs> false teaching here, false teaching here. No, I'm just showing you what the Bible says. Prove it wrong. Let's look at some more here. Turn to Mark, the first chapter. Verse 14 and 15. What does it say? Now after that, John was put in prison. 
Yes. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now this is not John the Baptist. This is John, I'm sorry, this is not John the Apostle. This is not the writer of the book of John. This is John the Baptist. Got me? Okay, John the Baptist supposedly had an assignment to go ahead of Jesus and prepare the way for Jesus' coming. In other words, he had the act of a prophet. Okay, go ahead. And saying, the time is fulfilled. Notice what John the Baptist said. The time is fulfilled. The time is fulfilled. What does that mean, y'all? The time is fulfilled. In other words, it's time. Okay? Uh, everything that we've been waiting for, it's here. The great expectation that was given to us by the prophet is now done. It's here. Now this would have been, if it had actually happened, this would have been over 2,000 years ago. So why are we still thinking that the time is yet to come? If the Bible says the time is fulfilled. Go ahead. And the kingdom of God is at hand. And the kingdom of God is at hand. It, the kingdom of God is imminent. Yes. Repent ye. Repent. And believe the gospel. And believe the gospel. This is now. So now. Where I'm, where I'm at right now family. So you'll understand. Is understanding who John the Baptist is. We need to understand who John the Baptist is according to the Bible. Now, historically speaking, there was no John the Baptist. But for those who see the Bible as true, let's show you who John the Baptist is. Okay? It appears, brothers and sisters, that Jesus thought and taught that John the Baptist was Elijah. Let's prove my point to you. Let's deal with it. His reappearance on earth according to the prophet. What prophet said such a thing? Turn to Malachi, for just before the book of Matthew. The very end of the book of Malachi. Let's see what it says. You got Malachi? Uh, no, it's actually the last chapter of Malachi. Okay, and it's actually the last couple of verses. Uh, notice the fifth verse of the fourth chapter of Malachi. What does it say? Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet. Now, mind it. Malachi was a prophet, a minor prophet. And Malachi, according to the Bible, says what? Behold, Behold I will send who? Elijah. I will send Elijah the prophet, the prophet what? Before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Wow. So according to Malachi 4 and 5, God was going to send the prophet Elijah as the sign that the end is here. Read the next verse. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children. Yes. And the heart of the children to their fathers. Yes. Lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. So mind you now, the prophet Elijah had already died. It's not like he was in another city somewhere and God was going to speak to his heart and say, I want y'all, want Elijah. Elijah was dead. According to the biblical record, Elijah was dead about 700 and some years at this point. How many years did I just say? 700 and some years at this point. Elijah would have been dead if he had actually existed. He was dead. 
So when Malachi says, I'm going to send Elijah as a sign that the end is here. Jesus told his disciples that John the Baptist was Elijah. Let's prove my point. Turn to Matthew, the 17th chapter. Y'all all right? Trying to give you the, the knowledge you need to set folk free. And see, the deep thing about this, you don't have to tell the person you're trying to reach to go read no other book. You ain't got to say what Dr. Ben said or, or Dr. Clark said or Shikanta Diop said because they ain't going to hear that. But they sure enough want to see what their Bible says. Show it to them in the Bible. Matthew 17, verse 10 through 13. What does it say? And his disciples asked him. And his disciples asked him. Saying, why then say the scribes that Elijah must first come? So the disciples asked him, why are the scribes saying that Elijah must come first? You're saying all this stuff is going to happen, but the scribes are saying it can't happen because Elijah got to come first. Yeah, I just showed you why the scribes are saying it. Because Malachi prophesied that Elijah is going to come as God's sign of the end. Are y'all following this? Read. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Yes. Elijah truly shall first come okay. and restore all things. So Jesus is saying to his disciples, Yes. What they're telling you is true. Elijah must come. In fact, he is already come. He has already come. Go ahead. But I say unto you, yes. that Elijah is come already. You hear this? And they knew him not. Wow, check this out now. He said, I'm telling y'all, Elijah is here. Elijah that came already, but y'all didn't know it. Go ahead. But have done unto him whatsoever they listed. But they didn't know it was him, so they killed him. Because those of you who didn't know, they cut off John the Baptist's head. Yeah. Right? Go ahead. Likewise shall also the Son of Man suffer of them. Wow. Are y'all grabbing this? Go ahead. Then the disciples understood that he spake unto them. Of who? John the Baptist. Wow. wow. You see it? The disciples understood at that point that he was talking about John the Baptist, not Elijah Muhammad. Oh. I'm sorry, NOI. That's all right. That's all right. Well, buddy, I tell you. Let's go to the 11th chapter. It even gets more specific yet. Matthew 11. Verse 11 through 15, what does it say? Verily I say unto you. Now check out this. Now here's what he said. He says, y'all, I'm telling y'all. I'm, I'm telling y'all. I'm telling you. Go ahead. Among them that are born of women. Out of everybody on this planet who's ever been born of a woman. Which there, is everybody, right? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. There has not risen a greater than John the Baptist. There's been nobody greater than John the Baptist. Go ahead. Notwithstanding, notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven. Now check this out. Now he's just saying, ain't nobody been greater than John the Baptist, but the least person who is in the kingdom of heaven, go ahead, is greater than, is greater than John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. 
Go ahead. Now, of course, that's it. Go ahead. But go ahead. I'm not even going to deal with that stupidity. Go ahead. And from the days of John the Baptist. Check this out now. And from the days of John the Baptist until now. Now, mind you, preachers who read this today make it sound like they're saying from the days of John the Baptist until November of 2010. That's not what it's saying. He's saying from the days of John the Baptist until now, that point in which he's saying this. Go ahead. Now, how many of y'all have heard folks say that? Yes, Child, the kingdom of heaven is suffering violence, and the violent take it by force. It by go on, you know it. You, you can't. Yeah, go ahead, read. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. Check this out now. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. But go ahead. And if you will receive it. Now, notice what he's saying. Now, if you guys will receive or listen to what I'm saying. Since I've dealt with that today, if y'all would just listen, not just hear what I'm saying, but listen to what I'm saying, what is it going to say? This is Elijah. John the Baptist is Elijah. Which was for to come. Which is for to come. Now, based on it, go ahead, go ahead. He that had ears to hear, let him hear. See, I love it when the Bible says stuff like that. Because <laughs> what it's actually saying is, now I know. Anyone with good sense ain't going to believe what I'm saying. Okay. But those who got ears to hear. Let them hear. Okay. So in essence what's happening here brothers and sisters. Is we see according to the Bible. That John the Baptist who got his head cut off. Was the fulfillment. Of the prophecy in Malachi. Of Elijah's return. And when Elijah comes back, that's the sign that the end is here. Y'all see this? So if John the Baptist was the evidence, according to your Bible, that the end is here, what are we still doing here? So we have another Assurance, according to the words of Jesus, that the end is here. Oh, it gets even deeper than that, y'all. Let's see what it says in Mark, the ninth chapter. Mark 9 and 1. Are y'all making notes of these verses? Mark 9 and 1 is going to blow your mind. What does it say, Minister Stewart? And he said unto them, and he, being Jesus, said unto them, the people who were standing around listening to him talk at the time, what did he say to them? Verily I say unto you. Verily I say unto you. Who is you in this verse, y'all? The people listening to him, not you today. Not you sitting in new birth. Not you sitting in the potter's house. Not you sitting in Newstead Baptist. Not you, thank you. Not you sitting at Evangelist Center. Not you in the Church of God in Christ. That's some deep stuff, y'all. Go ahead. Verily I say unto you. Verily I say unto you. That there be some of them that stand here. There be some of, grab this, listen carefully. Listen to this, y'all. There are some of y'all who's actually standing here right now, 
Which shall not taste of death. Listening to me. Till they have seen the kingdom of God. Who will not die. Until I come back. You see it there? I just want to know do you see it? Luke 9, Mark 9 and 1 clearly says. See, this is what you got to do, y'all. You got to show. You ain't got to. Just take these verses to them. Just let them read these verses. Since they don't want to hear you. Show it to them in their Bible. Show it to them. Jesus said, according to Mark 9 and 1, to the people who were listening to him, there'll be some of you who are standing here listening to me right now. You will not die until you see me come back in power and glory. I asked the question that I asked at the beginning of this message. Is it possible that he thought that his messianic kingdom would be set up within his generation? What's the answer to the question? Yes. Ain't no possible he did. According, There's nothing that we're reading that would make us think that he thought he was coming back some 2,000 years later. Oh boy. Okay. Let's go to the 13th chapter Mark. Verse 32 through 37. What does it say? But of that day and uh -oh. that hour. Uh-oh. I know y'all heard this before. <laughs> See, this is these are the verses here that cause young people to don't even try to go to college. These are the verses right here that cause church folk to say, I better get it now while I can. These are the verses right here that contribute to premature teenage pregnancy. Okay, because we done told the young folk they ain't got no future. Because the verse is what we're about to read right now. What does it say, Minister Stewart? But of that day and that hour. Of that day and that hour, what? Knoweth no man. Knoweth no man. No, not the angels which are in heaven. The angels in heaven don't even know. Neither the son. Neither the son of man. Go ahead. But the father. Only the father knows. What? Take ye heed. Take heed. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. How many of y'all heard that growing up? Watch. <laughs> Watch and pray. Why? Go ahead. For ye know not the you, time you, you know not the day nor the hour. Mm -hmm. That the Son of Man is coming back. Yes. What a mind game to play on people. Are y'all grabbing what I'm saying? Yes, sir. It's a serious mind game. In other words, what he's saying, y'all, at any moment you might drop dead. At any moment, all of our clothes might just drop to the floor. That'll make a brother scared to get on a plane. Or scared to get on a bus. Because if the pilot is a Christian, right? Just imagine, based on what we've been taught, he come back in the clouds, and the pilots are Christians, poof! Who gonna fly the plane? 
And you're a non-believer, you're sitting on the plane. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Here you riding down the highway on a Greyhound bus and the bus driver's a Christian and the Lord comes back, poof! And the bus starts veering and goes off a ravine and everybody on the bus dies. What a mind game to play on people. Now, I said all that, but you know what? They actually depicted that in a movie called Left Behind. I don't know how many of y'all saw that Christian movie. Left Behind. And people were so frightened after that movie. That it's the Lord, please, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord, please, Lord. I want to be saved, Lord. You know, it's really deep. They taught me, y'all, in Evangelism 101 at Northeastern Bible College. They taught me that in order to get somebody saved, you have to first get them lost. Are y'all grabbing this? You have to find a way to make them think that they are lost or, there's really, or they'll never say, Lord, save me. So you have to play these mind games with them and convince them that they're lost and on their way to hell. Whew. Read on, sister. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey. Yes. Who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his wow. word. Yep. And commanded the porter to watch. Uh-huh. Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh. Wow. At even or at midnight or at the cock crowing, or in the morning. Lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. Uh-oh. He come back and find you ain't ready. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. And what I say unto you, I say unto all. Yes. Watch. Mm. Now, turn to Matthew, the 10th chapter, verse 5 and 6. Matthew 10, verse 5 and 6. See y'all, actually to be honest with you, we have already shown you enough Bible verses. We've already shown you enough to remove your argument or your belief system. But let's show you some more. Matthew 10, verse 5. What does it say? These 12 Jesus sent forth. These 12, and who are the 12? The disciples, right? These twelve Jesus sent forth, and what did he tell them? And commanded them, saying, And commanded them, what? Go not into the way of the Gentiles. Go not! Wait a minute, whoa, 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 whoa. According to Matthew, the 10th chapter, the 5th verse, you are not supposed to be taking this message to the Europeans. That's what it clearly says. Go not into the way of the Gentiles. And of course, we've already proven to you from our discourse on Paul who the Gentiles are. They are the descendants of Japheth, according to the Bible. The Europeans. Go not into the way of the Gentiles. Go ahead. And into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not. Now, who were the Samaritans? Everybody say mixed, thank you, that's exactly who they were, half-breeds of the mixed race. So according to Matthew 10 and 5, it says don't go to Europeans and don't, don't go to the mixed alloys. But again, we know he never really said it anyway, right? So what the heck. 
But for those who believe he did, go ahead, read on. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Go rather to the lost sheep of house of Israel. Now here's what's really deep, brothers and sisters. Okay, look at verse 23. What does it say? But when they persecute you in this city. They're going to persecute you. Flee you, flee ye into another. Get out of there when they persecute you. Go somewhere else and teach. For verily I say unto you. Now here's what I want you to focus on right here. Everybody say, verily I say unto you. Go ahead. You should not have gone over the cities of Israel. Repeat after me. Before you have gone, before you have gone throughout the cities of Israel, I'll be back. Isn't that what it say? Yes, to the Son of Man become. Now check out what he's saying, y'all. He's telling his disciples. Going out here and spread this message that the kingdom of God is at hand, meaning it's imminent. And I want you to rest assured, y'all better hurry up and do this, because before you even get to go through the cities of Israel, I will have come back. So I, once again, I have to be honest with you, based on what the Bible says, there will be no rapture. And Jesus is not coming back. Boy, y'all think I'm going to live to next week? <laughs> See, y'all, they can't afford to let this happen. The verses that we're sharing right now will shut down the National Baptist Convention. It has shut down the Church of God in Christ. It has shut down the Lutheran Church. It has shut down the Episcopalian Church. It has shut down the Roman Catholic Church. I heard that. <laughs> so there's no doubt, brothers and sisters, that Jesus saw himself as the coming Messiah. Wow. Based on what Jesus had told them Concerning the imminence of the kingdom of God, the disciples' expectation was so focused that he'll be back in a few days, weeks. It won't be long. They were so set on it, wow, that two of the disciples actually went to him and said, would you give us a seat in your kingdom? Let's prove it. Turn to Mark 10, verse 36. Two of the disciples thought he was coming back so soon that they wanted a seat in his kingdom. Mark 10, verse 35. Let's start at verse 35. What does it say? And James and John. Everybody say James and John. These were the two disciples. They were the sons of a man by the name of Zebedee, according to the Bible. What does it say? Sons of Zebedee came unto him, saying, They went to him, saying what? Master, we would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we shall desire. In other words, check out what they said. They went to him and said, Lord, listen. You said you're coming back in power and glory. It's, we just want you to do something for us. You know, re remember me. You know, do something for us. You know, hook a brother up. 
That's really what they were saying. <laughs> you know, hook a brother up here, okay? You know, you coming back, man, you're going to have your, your, set up your kingdom. Hook, hook, hook us up, man. So what did he say in the next verse? And he said unto them, what would ye that I should do? What do you want me to do for you? What kind of hookup you want me to give you? <laughs> what did they say? They said unto him. They said. Grant unto us that man, we may sit. Give us the privilege. Well, you know, we your boys, man. We've been with you, brother. You know, we, we your crew. We've been with you for three years, man. Everywhere you went, we had your back, brother. So, man, when you come and set everything up, it's the two of us, we've been right there with you. You know, give us seats on each side of you. We don't matter which side, just make, you know, we brothers, man, you know, both of us. Let one of us sit on your right side, let the other sit on your left side. Is that what it says? Yeah, hook a brother up. Now, it's really deep, y'all, because again, that's how clear the concept was of him coming back right away. Now, if you notice, he didn't ridicule their request, but he treats their request with complete seriousness. Yeah. Now, here's another thing. He promised the 12 of them that they would sit with him in glory. All 12 of them, in essence, the point I'm making is he told his disciples that they would all be with him. How many? All 12 of them, right? Let me ask you a question. When he made that promise to them, was Judas one of the 12? Whoa. So if Judas was one of the 12, and Judas is the one who betrayed him, and then went and killed himself, well, hey. He didn't get to sit with them in glory, did he? Wow. I think it's verse 28. Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, When I, the Son of Man, shall sit on the throne in glory in the generation, then you also shall sit upon the what? The twelve thrones there. Matthew 19, 28. What does it say? And Jesus said unto them, Yes. Verily I say unto you, Yes. That you which have followed me, in the regeneration, All right. when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, you also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Y'all see that? Mm -hmm. So according to the Bible, he's telling all of his disciples, y'all hung with me, man. Y'all were there with me. When I was going through and everybody was making fun of me and telling me I know what I'm talking about, y'all was there. So because y'all was there, I got 12 seats for y'all. And each one of y'all going to be a judge over a tribe of Israel. Brothers and sisters, I conclude this now by saying to you, based on the evidence. See, when you go into court, you have to make your case. You can't just say a thing. And don't provide proof for what you're saying. Many people say, well, he don't preach Jesus. He don't know what he's talking about. That's what they say. But what you don't understand is I used to preach Jesus. 
And it's verses like what I just showed you that made me come to grips with the reality that what I was preaching was wrong. So my conclusion is, based on the evidence I just provided, it's clear. Now the issue is, do you want to accept the evidence? You who are watching this, do you want to accept the evidence? Whether you want to accept it or not, the problem is, you have already heard what I said. <laughs> and you have gone into your Bible and saw seen what I've said. Now you got a problem. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to do what most preachers have done? Of course I'm not talking to y'all now. Here y'all know better. I'm talking to our brothers and sisters who are watching me. Are you going to do pastor? Are you watching this right now in the secrecy of your den? What are you going to do man? Are you going to keep selling out? Are you going to keep being a joke? Are you going to keep lying to the people at this point? Now that you know what the Bible says? I didn't show it to you from another book. I showed it to you from your own Bible. That big one you preach from every Sunday. What are you going to do now? Are you going to say, Well, I, I can't give up this paycheck. I got a family to support. That's what many of you have already done. Well, you've been saying that God will provide. That's what you've been teaching folk. You've been teaching folk that you're going to take a stand for the truth no matter what. Now that you know the truth of what your own Bible teaches you, what are you going to do about it? I'm your brother. I love you, man. Sister, I love you. I'm not trying to destroy you. I'm trying to save our people. That's what you're supposed to be trying to do. And the thing that's caused our people to be lost is we believed in this here that was given to us. It's time for us to preach the truth. I'm going to tell you like I was told right here in St. Louis, around the corner from where I'm standing right now, an old man said to me when I said I would never return to the pulpit, an old man came to me and said, son, God called you to preach. But God called you to preach the truth. I'll never forget that night. And then he said to me, how are we who don't know any better going to ever come into the knowledge of the truth? If you young folk who know, abandon us. And I'm back in the pulpit. And I give you the same challenge. And I say this from the bottom of my heart. I love you. I don't mean no harm. Just trying to set us free. Thanks for watching. Come on now. Janet. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. 
Get mining, get mining, get mining, govern yourselves. According. According. Govern yourselves. According. 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 For Black History Month, we need our five white members to please only attend the Facebook live services. <laughs> y'all be acting like y'all love black folks, but we know that four of y'all voted for Donald Trump. <laughs> so send your times as usual. But don't be up in here cheesing in our face after y'all done voted to put us back in slavery. <laughs> I know they voted for her. Mm -hmm. I know they voted for her, Jane. I can look at that in their face. Uh, uh. I started asking, who you vote for? Who you vote for? I started asking, but Jesus said, don't say it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, Lord. Now, Jane, there will be a meeting downstairs in the Sunday school classroom for all women over 40. Mm. They got them missing teeth in the back. <laughs> and you want to get prayed over for a new one to grow in. <laughs> we need prayer for a new one to grow in. Please come down to the Sunday school classroom for all women over 40. <laughs> Homegoing service for Deacon Howard. Dozier. Uh -huh. You know him, Jamie? Yeah. The film gonna be this Friday. Okay. And he was only 94 years old and he had uh, had been suffered, uh, he suffered a severe case of uh, cradle cap. <laughs> what? Cradle cap. Hard murmurs. Oh, Lockjaw. <laughs> Alzheimer's. Uh -uh. Dementia. Dementia Alzheimer's. <laughs> Moist eardrums. Loaded eardrums. Keloid oh. eardrums. Oh. Hay fever. Oh, and baseball-sized kidney stones. <laughs> but that ain't what killed him. What killed him? What got him was he was watching the Super Bowl and had put a triple cheese hot pocket in the, in the microwave <laughs> and had got caught up on watching the halftime show because he liked the weekend <laughs> and left it in there for nine minutes and when he opened the door, it exploded in his face. <laughs> And he died from a heart attack and five fifth-degree cheeseburns. <laughs> the casket will be open, but not at the top, only the bottom part, <laughs> to show that he walked a good walk. <laughs> that concludes our church announcement. I'll see you later, Janie. All right.